0: I have to be honest to that and, and just transparent. It's like this is what I'm doing. So growing that out, the dog agrees with me, and so the whole thing is just you know. <laughs> not <started>. your-
1: <laughs> First, we have Adam, is a master modeler and model fishing model finishing techniques pioneer. He developed and perfected many of them. Mo- I got to start
2: again. <laughs> no, go keep this stuff. Um, this a master, fisherman. <laughs> yeah, a master, master fisherman.
0: Yeah,
2: master fisherman. That's what master. I did before I did modeling. <laughs> You're a man of
0: yeah, many hats, master. Adam. I, I know. Huh? Huh?
2: So,
3: T- TJ, are you on deck here? If we need you.
2: No,
1: I'm good. I'll get it.
0: TJ's like buzzed out. He's gonna like pass out in that chair in about five <laughs> minutes, man.
3: <laughs>. <laughs> no. Welcome to the Plastic Posse podcast episode 27. This episode represents our 1 year anniversary as a podcast. Joining me in the posse, we have Doug Smith, TJ Haller and John Banani. TJ couldn't join us tonight, but he's here in spirit. Guys, this first year has been a lot of fun and it's going to be a complete blast getting to meet everybody in person next week in Las Vegas. Masks or not, who cares? I am so excited. John to meet you in 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 person and just to uh, have a blast,
1: yeah, same. I'll show up in a bio suit. I don't really care I'm just happy they're having it. And, you know my mindset is one thing, the model show friends having a good time, everything else is just white noise, and I am so excited to get there
4: absolutely. I am really stoked. um never done this before, and i to be honest i i'm I am so positive about how this is going to go that I'm already kind of thinking about next year. So let's make this great, guys.
3: Absolutely. Well, for those of you out in the posse that don't know, we got to guest on episode forty-four of Plastic Model Mojo, and we kind of talked about this same topic. That was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, you know, it was a great time. You know, I really enjoy talking to Dave and Mike. I think their show is fantastic. They have great chemistry. And it was really welcoming uh from them to to appear on their show. And and again, we were talking about the show, talking about models and Again, it, it only amps up my excitement, so happy to be there.
3: Really welcoming until Dave gave you the double deuce. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> Our listeners can't see that.
3: but Yeah, got, got both barrels on that one.
1: I guess that didn't make the final cut, right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, it actually did. Oh. Mike left it in there. Oh, man, I didn't
1: finish the episode. I need to finish it.
3: But just a reminder, all of us in the posse will be there. We'll have a table. So please come and see us and uh, whether we're at our table or we're just walking around and we will have some Tank Craft and some Sean's Custom Model Tools uh, swag. So we'll be giving some of that away and uh, we'll also all be helping judge. So uh, come out and say hi, talk to us. We're really, really excited to meet all of you. One thing that I found really, really intriguing is the video that Andy dropped last night teasing a mystery kit announcement, which most people think is a new Tamiya kit. John, what do you think?
1: Yeah, you know, I'm really excited about it. And I think I'm most excited about that the IPMS Nationals is that venue for the announcement. I think that is super cool, super exciting for everyone that's going to be there in person. I hope to be standing there with a camera going live on our Facebook page. So this is cool. Maybe we should take bets on what we think it's going to be. I've heard it's going to be something green. I don't know. That could be just hearsay. I'd love to see a new half track, uh, like an M3. I've seen some other comments. Scott, what do you think it's going to be?
3: M18 Hellcat.
1: On this episode, we're
4: interviewing David Goldfinch, the Podfather uh, from the Modeling Podcast on the Bench. He was the very first. They were the very first scale modeling podcast. They're from down under, and he was also one of our first guests ever. We also have our friend Stanley George, who was our very first Modeler's Minute guest. And if that's not enough, we have an awesome roundtable. We've got three of the most popular guests we've had, Adam Wilder, Mike Rinaldi, and Uncle Night Shift, Martin Kovac. And you no doubt have heard from uh, our cold open. We had a great time with this segment.
1: Thanks, Doug. You know, now it's time to just acknowledge our awesome sponsors. You know, the Plastic Posse is sponsored by Tankraft.
4: Nothing can ruin your day or your Tankcraft cutting mat like spilled liquid cement. Tankcraft has the solution, the glue base. Milled from solid 6061 green anodized aluminum, this thing will keep your bench top looking smart and spill free for years to come. I've got it and I love it. The combination of weight and a sticky rubber pad on the bottom make them extremely stable. They even come with an optional insert to accommodate most major brands of square and round bottled cement. Pick one up with one of their beautiful pro modeler mats and start your next build on a bench to be proud of. Remember, Tankcraft products come with a 30-day warranty. And don't forget the Plastic Posse podcast exclusive offer. Use the code Posse15 at checkout for your 15% discount. Head on over to Tankcraft.com. That's Tankcraft.com. And order your very own Tankcraft glue base or cutting mat. It just looks better on the bench.
1: And also the Triple P is sponsored by Sean's Custom Model Tools, the makers of the Goodman Models Super Sanding Blocks. These blocks allow you to have controlled precision sanding that yields fantastic results. Head on over to goodmanmodels.com and order a set. So if you don't have a set of these super sanding blocks, please send us an email at plasticpossepodcast at gmail.com and we will have a random drawing announce the lucky winner in episode 28.
3: Episode 27 of the Triple P is also sponsored by Drew Savage and Rick Lewis, along with our regular crew of Posse Outriders, Terry, Paul, Ethan, Jamie, Steve, and Rick. These Posse members all help us to bring you this podcast. If you'd like to donate to the Posse, just go to our website, plasticpossepodcast.buzzsprout.com. In the upper right-hand corner, there is a heart icon. Just click this and then donate any amount you would like. The Posse is just one of several scale modeling podcasts. If you just head on over to modelpodcasts.com, you'll see a list of all the scale modeling podcasts along with artwork and links, and even some modeling blogs as well.
1: Thanks for that, Scott. In typical episodes, we would have our segments around social media shout outs and a discussion topic, but today, you know, really our discussion for this special episode surrounds. A big thank you and a thank you to many people. And we'd like to just take a few moments to mention who they are, acknowledge their support, and really, again, just thank them. This would not be possible without them. It's incredibly motivating to have their support. I want to start off by thanking our two sponsors, Tankcraft and Sean's Custom Model Tools. We will have some of their products from both of these partners at our table at the Nats, and we will be giving them away. These sponsors are very supportive and helpful in bringing the posse to you and we it wouldn't be possible without their support. So we would appreciate it if you would just support these great companies for your modeling needs.
4: I'd like to add to that. I have the Tank Craft uh, P forty seven cutting mat on my de- on my bench, and it's beautiful. I uh, couldn't be more happy with it. And those super sanding blocks are are just a wonder to use.
3: And I use the super sanding blocks on every build, and other than. I've always got my uh, tank craft mat covered up because I'm afraid to spill anything on it, but because it's so beautiful, I just don't want to get any paint on that Sherman tank. So, great sponsor. So, thanks so much, John. Great point.
1: I want to personally thank and take this moment to to thank our our awesome awesome guests and and specifically our modelers' minute guests. It's it's always a pleasure uh, to talk to modelers, hear their unique stories, hear their passion, hear what motivates them. And, and just hear what they're working on. You know, it's incredibly motivating to to hear from these individuals. Every time I listen to them talk, it's always fun. You learn something cool, and most importantly, you create a friendship. And and I am very hopeful that we have a chance to meet some of these friends in Vegas, and if not in Vegas, in person at some point. And and we will always stay in touch virtually because uh, you know the world is so much smaller now because of it. And we're very thankful for that. We're very thankful for them taking their time. To uh, you know, come on and just uh, you know share a piece of their hobby. So with that, um, just really appreciate it all. Thank you.
3: In that vein, uh, TJ wasn't able to join us, but I think if he was here, uh, trying to speak for him, I think he would thank our other awesome guests as well. Besides the modelers' minute, you know all of the people in the hobby that have stopped by and taken their time. You know, we've had the pleasure of speaking with some of the greatest modelers and modeling influencers that are out there, and it's just been a lot of fun and really terrific getting to know our guests from John Bias to Lincoln Wright to Spencer Pollard, Brett Green, you know, to figure painters in other genres, you know, Enrique Race for Terra, you know, Luther the Mighty Brush, Christoph, you know, um, to and then of course to the guys in this episode, you know, Adam, Mike, and Martin. I mean, just these guys have taken the time to spend with us and allow us to get to know them and to bring great content to all of the posse out there. So I just want to really say thank you to all those guests.
4: I want to take the time to thank all the rest of the posse members. You all know who you are. You've been there from the beginning. We may not have actually spoken to you, but you've supported us from day one. We get comments all the time on Facebook and with I, I don't have a list of names, but I'll start with the first one. After episode one, Ray Davis from Sydney, Australia, contacted uh, Scott TJ and I. We, were, we became Facebook friends almost right away. We actually have gotten to know each other quite well. He sends us messages all the time. There are some of you guys that are regulars that are always... Commenting and and sending your your thanks to us, and we really appreciate all of you. We appreciate all the the help we've gotten from our group builds, all the support there with the t thirty four eighty five build, the Tie Fighter build, and now the Spitfire build. There's so much participation here. This community is so awesome. We just want to thank you all for that. We, we do appreciate the fact that we can talk about relevant, uh, issues in the hobby and uh, have deeper discussions about the hobby in a positive and inclusive manner. We remain committed to those. We, we, we aren't going to stop. And then in the coming year, you can expect more of that from the Triple P. One last thank you. It's to, uh, TJ, John and Scott for, uh, putting up with me and, uh, letting me be part of this because this is fun. It's been a lot of fun for the last year being part of something I never expected to be part of, which is a podcast.
3: Yeah, and so thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, Doug. Uh, Before I get started on who I want to thank, I want to thank three individuals in particular who took some time and were very, very generous with me when I had this idea. That's specifically Mike Basket, Godfather Dave from On the Bench, and Stuart Clark from Scale Model Podcast. All three of these guys took the time To talk with me, they were very welcoming, and without them, the posse would never have come into being. So, thanks, you three. Really appreciate it. For my thanks, I want to thank two groups of people. So, first of all, I want to thank all of the listeners. The posse was created as a labor of love, and we had no idea that this podcast would be so much fun and also be so much work. So, seriously, thank you all so much. I also want to take a couple of moments to thank another group of people, and that's my three co-hosts, without without whom, obviously, this never would have happened. So, Doug, first of all, thanks for allowing me to drag you way out of your comfort zone and do something you never would have even considered. Thanks for your enthusiasm, your creativity, and your passion for modeling.
4: You are welcome. Thank you for, uh, thanks for everything, man.
3: TJ, even though you're not here, thanks for being willing to jump into the posse with Doug and I, despite never having actually met us in person. Thanks for helping us with the social media stuff and being our bridge to other genres and sharing all of your amazing models that you continue to crank out at an incredible rate. That's probably why he's not here. He's probably he probably is resting up so that you know he could build two or three more before that. <laughs> <nats. laughs> And then lastly, JB, thanks for trusting us and being willing to commit your time and bring your perspective to the posse. You are our very first guest, and you have really helped the posse become even better since you joined. Thanks for your passion as well and for knowing literally everybody in this hobby, man.
1: Ah uh, well, thanks for having me along. I feel I feel like we should clink glasses and uh, take a swig now after this. So no, it's uh, it's awesome, Scott. I'm I'm happy to be here. I I am very grateful for this and grateful to know you and and Doug and TJ. It's been a wild ride, and I can't wait for another uh, you know another year.
3: It's really fitting, I think, that the the one year anniversary of the Posse. It certainly wasn't planned this way, but is sort of culminating in the four of us getting to meet in Las Vegas. Going to Nats together, sharing good times. I think it's really, really fitting. And it sounds like it's going to need to be a tradition moving forward.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm always going to be there. It's going to be great. But maybe this is a tangent, but i also say it kind of reminds me of the movie Hangover. I mean, four guys going to Vegas and we have a Doug, so we might be in trouble.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Just to wrap it up, here's to another great year for the Posse.
1: All right, well, let's go into our first interview with The Godfather, Dave, from Down Under.
3: All right, welcome into another Plastic Posse interview spot. Today, all of us are here, and we are joined by the godfather himself, Dave Goldfinch from On The Bench. How are you, Dave?
5: Yeah, really good, guys. Really good. Very pleased to be here and to help you celebrate with your first anniversary. Wow, what an achievement.
3: Well, thank you very much. Uh, You were pretty instrumental in uh, helping us get started, and tell us how uh, you guys are doing down there. I think you guys are under another lockdown.
5: Um. Victoria has just come out of another lockdown, so we've just got some more restrictions on us, but uh, New South Wales, and as we record this, Queensland have just gone into a lockdown, so yeah, you know what, it sucks, and it is what it is. I've just started annual leave, I've got a couple of weeks of leave, so that's great, so I'll sit down and do some building. I haven't touched anything on the bench for a long time now, so I'm really looking forward to spending some time on the bench and um, getting a few things built, actually. So, Dave, you know, fortunately, we
1: have in about two and a half weeks the i p m Nationals. Really disappointed, you guys can't come. Do you think you'll be attending maybe next year in Omaha?
6: Yeah. Is How do you feel about Nebraska?
1: Yeah, <laughs> Vegas to Omaha. <laughs>
5: well, I've I've driven through Nebraska once upon a time, and without any uh, without upsetting anybody who comes from Nebraska, there's not much to see. You drive f- through all it. five of them. Yeah. <laughs> We've been talking about um, definitely getting over there for um, next year, seeing we couldn't get here this year. And, uh, you know, we're really bummed out about that, but it is what it is. And, you know, you just got to sort of move on and move forward. Um, absolutely. If, if, it go, if it is in Nebraska or Omaha, or isn't that home of like SAC or something like that? Or they've got a couple of museums up there or something?
1: Yeah. There's, uh, I believe it might be called the Strategic Air Command Museum. Regardless, it's a nice it's museum. There. They actually have a Vulcan there, which I think is the only one in the United States. Uh the last time I went to the Omaha Nats, it was a few years ago. It was actually a lot of fun. They opened the museum to the show attendees at night. There was a tour and we got to climb around the B-36. They had an awesome kind of like open bar and, and hors d'oeuvre set up there and just kind of had our free range of the museum. So I actually, you know, I actually love the Omaha show. It's at a great location. Um, great museum and and also just great people so I, we hope to see you
5: there well i can't speak for the other two guys but certainly you know for Julian and Ian but i'll definitely be there uh for Omar you you, you mentioned the uh, magic word i think you said open bar so i'll definitely be there for that.
6: <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> well you come sit at our table i always got a bottle of crown with me so i'm happy to share <laughs>
4: And you'll like that museum. It's you walk up to the to the doors, and there's that just outside a bunch
5: of rockets sitting oh. right right out front. Awesome! That's awesome. Definitely gone. So uh, just to spin it back around, just to spin it back around, you guys are all set for nationals, are
7: Yeah, I know. I got my plane ticket a couple of weeks ago. I think everyone else is ready to go too, right? I've had my hotel yep. for months. I got that like back in February when it was still pretty cheap.
1: Yeah, I still gotta finish some projects. I got one sitting right next to me, but um, yeah, I'm definitely stoked, ready to go. Been ready to go for the last year. So,
3: yeah, Doug and I are actually driving in a car down, so we're we're about six, seven hours away. Now I that, just yeah.
1: imagine the movie Dumb and Dumber when yeah. I think of you two driving together.
3: You can, you can see our moped, <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> rolling down in your '84 sheepdog. <laughs> <laughs> I think Scott traded it for a moped.
5: <laughs> I was about to say, that would be hell on four <laughs> wheels, those two guys locked up together for that period of time. Lock up your daughters, they're coming. Yeah.
1: <laughs> they got the siren on. So Dave, going back to the Nationals, but maybe not ours, but you know the Australian Nationals, I, I'm not too familiar with it. Probably our listeners aren't as well. What, what time of the year is that typically held and where?
5: Typically, it's held in um, June in Melbourne, and it coincides with a long weekend that we have down here for the Queen's birthday. Um, This year, obviously, and last year, too, it was, um, well, last year, it was completely cancelled. This year, they've moved it to October, but it's only going to be for two days, so it's of like a uh, shortened version. And yeah, we're we're really hanging out to get there. As you know, we always do a recording from the shows Mm. that we go to. I think we've done it for the last two, maybe three, and it's always a lot of fun. You know, you catch up with all these people that you haven't seen before. A lot of listeners come up. Ian had the um, interesting time where he was talking and some guy tapped him on the shoulder and said, hey, you sound like that dude from that podcast. And then says, yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) So you get a lot of fun. Yeah, it's it's the biggest show in Australia I, without sort of um, pumping up our own sort of tyres. You get about, oh, gee, last time I think we had about um, 1,200 entries, I think. You know, you got to consider our population nice. base and everything. It's it's not bad at all. And there are some great shows in the other states as well. I haven't had the opportunity to get up there yet, but certainly something we're planning to do as we finally come out of all these silly COVID restrictions. Definitely it's on our plans to sort of get around there yeah. a bit more and, visit some of the other shows.
1: Yeah. If there's
5: one place in Australia
1: I want to visit, it's the Australian Armour Museum that I feel like they just have a bottomless pit of money where they just pull from. They have a money tree. I'm convinced Australia has a money tree because I don't know how those guys are doing it, but is that a plane flight away from you? I assume it's not close. It's Cairns, so right? Is that how it's pronounced?
5: Yeah, Cairns. So it's definitely a a trip for – I think it's about a three, four-hour plane trip for me to get there. We've, we've actually spoken okay. to the guys from the museum. I think we had them on about episode four or five. Yeah, the, the guy who actually owns the museum is just a, a real tank nut and happens to have um, quite a lot of money behind him and he just decided to build this great big tank museum because he loves tanks. And lucky for us, he shares it with the public. So he opens the doors and they will they have a, um, a, a tank drive weekend where you can go and drive on the tanks and all that sort of stuff much like Bobbington, sort of thing, a big sort of display like they do in bobbington And I think this year they're actually doing a model show from there. So that'll Yeah, be I awesome.
3: saw that. Yeah.
5: So it's definitely on our bucket list to get up there and have a look. Yeah, if you like armour, there's definitely that one. And the other one is obviously the home of the Australian Armour Corps, which is in Puckapunyal um, down okay. in Melbourne. That's another good place to get to. Not as many moving tanks or operating tanks, but certainly some very interesting ones that you'd never see anywhere else around the world.
1: Yeah, I think the, the first one, the Australian Armor Museum, I think that show might be this weekend because I saw a commercial for it on Facebook. They mounted the turret of the Tiger on the, on the hull just for the show. And then they also commented that you know, World of Tanks was sponsoring it and they were going to have not only vehicles, but actually the model show. And then it seemed like they were going to broadcast kind of modeling seminars as well, they were saying.
5: Oh, okay. Which you're was pretty cool. Sound like you're a bit more up on it than I am. I need to go and have a look on Facebook and see what's going on. I'm just
1: obsessed with tanks. So,
5: <laughs> <laughs> definitely, yeah. Look, if you do come out, give us a hoy. We'll come up and join you for sure.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And if you come over to the States, let us know. Maybe you can stop in Colorado, Utah, hang out with us, and then we can make the trek over to Omaha.
5: Well, it's not that much of a drive from Colorado to uh, Omaha. It's only, what, about a day or something?
1: Yeah, it's not too bad at all, I don't think. I haven't <laughs> moved there yet.
3: <laughs> the Denver airport is in Nebraska, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 When they moved their airport, it used to be right in downtown Denver. The last time I flew in there, it's like, I didn't want to go to Kansas. I wanted to go <laughs> to Colorado.
1: That is true. I was just there yesterday.
3: <laughs> well, Dave, maybe we can uh, maybe the posse can supply you with some uh, with some audio and some pictures from the Nats while we're down there. We can be your roving uh, roving reporters.
5: Well, I think between you guys and all the other guys who are rolling here, there's going to be plenty of coverage, which is really exciting for those of us who can't attend. So, more than happy to sort of look at doing something like that. It sounds like a great idea. Hey, let's flip this conversation around a bit. Let's talk about the fact that you guys are celebrating your success of your first anniversary. I mean, come on, guys. That's really, really good in the podcasting world. So many guys sort of do a start-up. They get depressed and don't see the numbers going up and just pull the pin. You guys have stuck through and look where you are now. I mean, you guys hold some of the records for some of the longest podcasts with some amazing guests that you get on. You, must, <laughs> you guys must have a bottomless pit of money to – Get all these fantastic guys on. So let's let's talk about that. Let's celebrate that.
3: It's John. He, you know he he knows everybody and and he knows what to mail him to bribe him to come on the podcast.
1: Well, and, and Scott has me on here because he has my internet search history and is threatening to release it if I uh, <laughs> stop being on the podcast. So <laughs> he's kind of got me blackmailed. I'm in trouble, but no, it's been fun. I. It, it's gone quick, to be honest. I, I really think it has. Um, I remember sitting in this exact chair, same setup, same everything. When you know Scott and TJ and uh, and Doug, when I first talked to him, it was honestly feels like just yesterday. I remember that conversation. So it's been uh, it's been a whirlwind since. And you know, from my standpoint, there's only one person here that's really carrying the show, and that's Scott. Uh, you know, I got to give him a public shout out. He, I know he does more work than I think all of us combined times four um and he really does deserve all the credit for the show's uh growth and and i believe success so there's there it is scott
7: you didn't pay me to say that either i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and second that but no, he's absolutely I'm, right i'm also it's funny that you that you said that dave because i did um i did a seminar for the dc uh ipms and one of the things i talked about was the podcast because i mean why not and the first question i was asked was so to get these guests, uh, how how does that how does that work? Do you do you have to do you have to pay them to come on <laughs> to the show? I was like, um, no, you just ask them. Do you want to talk mm-hmm. about what you love to do? And we have found that most people say, well, yeah, hell yeah, I do. Yeah, well, th- thank you, Dave, for you know the kind kind
3: words, and thank you for helping us out of the gate. You know, we we have gotten long, but we've you know we've been kind of committed here at the posse to let the shows kind of live and breathe and develop you know um we don't have a set length we just kind of let the shows happen and uh we learned a lot of that from listening to you guys you know you guys were really the really the pioneers and you know we learned a lot from you and then we've tried to kind of put our own unique spin on it try to be a little bit different
5: yeah i think when you first spoke to me we we talked about uh show lengths and um and i think i said to you just it just it finds its own sort of water finds its own level, to use a different term. So, you know, the show will tell you how long it needs to be and how long, how long it needs to be or how short it needs to be, depending on what you've got going and who you're talking to.
1: So, so Dave, you brought up a good point there that I'd love to talk a little bit more on. You said, you know, hanging in there with the low downloads and low views, you know, that's something that, you know, you hit right on the head. You know, podcasts are, are new in general, I think, to to people, and certainly for our niche hobby. And, and, and I agree a hundred percent, you know, the, the numbers slowly grow, but you know, they, they seem to keep growing. So that's always a good thing. Um, but, but I mean, you've been slugging along how long have you been doing the podcast game for years, right?
5: Yeah. So we're up to season five, which technically works out to be about four years now. We're in, coming up for our fifth year. Jeez.
1: <laughs> good Lord. And, and, it's like the Olympics.
5: And, Jeez. Yeah. Training. And when we first sort of started, you know we were we were ecstatic to see the numbers sort of jump from five listeners to ten. when we finally got a hundred <laughs> when we finally got a hundred listeners, we cracked the beer and you know sat around and patted ourselves in the back and said, "How fantastic are we and then sort of sat there for a while, and it just slowly, slowly grows, but it's it's funny that modelers are more in tune to listening to. Uh, uh, YouTube than they are listening to uh podcast, which I don't sort of get yet, but it's sort of, you know, it's changing, I guess, slowly. Because you look at some of the numbers from uh, the YouTube channels and they're, you know, pulling 60 or, you know, 10,000 views per episode, that sort of stuff. You know, if i got 10,000 views per episode of a podcast, oh, my God, I think I'd, um, I don't know, what I'd do, crack a, 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 a bottle of Dom Perignon champagne, I reckon. <laughs> so you're right in what you're saying it's a, it's a it's a very slow burn and you've got to be committed to maintaining when you tell your audience you're going to be there every fortnight you're going to maintain and be there every fortnight for them um you're going to try and find the same slot so your downloads appear in the same time um so yeah it's a real long slow burn but you know we never sort of started this out to Make any money, or necessarily, never been our intention. It's just to have a, have a fun and have a yak. And I only started it because I couldn't find a podcast about modeling when I first wanted to listen to one. So, and here we are now with what six, seven different modeling podcasts. <laughs>
1: we're like we're like rabbits.
3: Yeah, yeah, and you're you're closing in on what 120 episodes here pretty quick.
5: Yeah, hundred. I think the next one's 118 episode. And we've just snicked over the (laughs) three hundred thousand downloads, so pretty happy with that at the moment.
3: Well, that's 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 amazing! Congratulations, and uh, way to go on uh, kind of paving the way for this particular niche in the hobby.
1: Yeah, you know, Dave, I'd love to ask a question. You, You know, you've done all these episodes you know can you point back maybe what what's been the most rewarding maybe moment or even taking a step back further what what's the most rewarding thing that you've found um that you you know that you've found during during these podcasts and 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 you know hosting them throughout throughout all this time
5: i think the most rewarding thing is how how much of a community we are and given that we're in a very sort of solitary type of hobby where people sit in their basements or at their bench or at the kitchen table and apart from those other weird people who go to um, like a, a, a model show or even go to a local club, by and large, it's a very um, insular hobby. And the amount of, can't tell you how many emails I've had from people who said, your show is fantastic. It helps me because I'm not able to get to a, um, a club meeting, not able to go to a, a show. And you guys are my um, local hobby um club. And you know, to get that sort of feedback, that's fantastic. It really is. And while the intent was never to sort of do that, it's uh, it's been one of the byproducts. And you know, I've had other people reach out to me who've got um who suffer from PTSD and uh they say, you know, how much of a, a great thing that modeling itself is helping them and and through that how our podcast and I'll say that as in, including you guys as well, how our podcast helps sort of reach out to those individuals. I've had an email from a guy who's only got one arm. He's a modeler and, you know, just saying thanks very much for, for you know, doing what you're doing. And you think, He's only got one arm. He models. That guy is amazing. How does he do that? Is he from the States, Dave? I think he might be. I, I don't know because I always ask when people send an email just to give us their location and sometimes they remember and sometimes they don't. But, um, you know, I struggle doing modelling with two arms. God, this guy's only one. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I only bring it up because there's a one-armed modeler who comes to the IPMS Nationals. I've seen him several times and he builds armor 35th scale and they are absolutely fantastic. And I mean, you wouldn't, again, I mean, I can't imagine, you know, just, just building a model with that circumstance. And I, and I applaud it and just, just really great work and, and truly inspiring for that matter. So I, I wonder if it's the same gentleman
5: do know good question maybe if he turns up at nets you can ask him
1: yeah i will
5: absolutely yeah
1: yeah so i guess you know we we all have our laughs at listener feedback can you cite or talk about you don't have to mention names obviously but what's like the funniest piece of listener feedback you've ever received that have just made you go like anything from that's great, or WTF, or what? What is this guy smoking? So it, it, maybe, maybe share some of that, you know, that joy that you've gotten from from listeners.
5: Oh, you, it's it's funny. The um, Julian seems to attract a, a weird bunch of followers, and uh, <laughs> it always amuses me and myself to uh, <laughs> see what sort of people write in. You know, and they they claim that they're you know they're, they're undying love for Julian and to be a Julian's jewel and all this sort of stuff. And that just, (laughs) us up. you know, we find it absolutely hilarious. And the funny part is that Julian is intensely embarrassed by all this and you know, which makes it even funnier. So there've been some really good emails that we've had and interactions. That's for sure.
3: Well, we, uh, with the, the first time that we met, you know, I think we, uh, we coined a term for you that seems to have kind of stuck and, and even kind of grown legs you know we we referred to you as the godfather and now uh there's even some people out there calling you the podfather as well
5: yeah i know that's quite funny actually and um you know in in some ways it's extremely touching as well but uh the podfather i I, because i love the godfather movie anyway and being half italian you know it sort of sticks with me so it's extremely hilarious and (laughs) it's It's just funny how these things stick, and um, yeah, it's it's a title I carry with pride now. Thank you very much, gentlemen.
6: Well, in
3: in all seriousness, I mean, uh, you know, in the podcasting community, and certainly in the scale modeling podcast arena, I think you've you've earned a lot of respect, and so you know, it certainly it was meant to be fun, but it certainly is a term of respect.
5: So, oh, absolutely, and
1: so when we see you in Omaha, we'll- <laughs> Will we have to kiss the ring? That's probably like a road wheel tire or something.
2: <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, something like that. There, there there is a joke about kissing a ring, but I don't think I'll um I'll talk about it on this particular podcast.
3: Alright, well we've gotta address the elephant in the room here. So uh Musaru Cup. You know, uh, James Skiffin's uh, made a great, great video. And uh, listeners, if you haven't seen that, you can probably see it on all of the podcast pages. Uh, The hijink started with the godfather here. I think he sent uh, some Vegemite over to TJ to maybe try and uh, get some uh, sabotage in early in the game.
5: Yeah, absolutely. I sent uh, some Vegemite over to you guys just to try and put you off your game. I was hoping you'd take a great big slather of it and, and poison yourself or something, but obviously it hasn't worked because 'cause you're still here.
7: <laughs> no, it did not it did not work. Nice try though. <laughs> I actually really like it. Um I not did, I didn't know what to do what to make of it at first. Um I tried some on a cracker and I was like, Okay, all right, not too bad. And then I tried some on some uh I think it was some sour bread toast with a little bit of butter. I was like, Yeah, I could do this. It, my kids like it too. Well you know
5: at the end of I'll tell you what, night the the underlying ingredient of Vegemite is um, it's pretty much the leftovers of uh, from the vat that they make beer from. Hey, it can't be bad, can it? I I was introduced
4: to it in Melbourne in 1987, and somebody just opened the jar and put it up to my nose, and my eyes are still watering from it. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, you're in Melbourne in 1987. You must have just been a young pup. I was seventeen. Holy cow!
4: It was the World Jamboree with the Scouts. Oh, it was uh, up near Sydney. It was, uh, it was Christmas, uh, Christmas to New Year's. We were we were in uh, Australia, New Zealand, and then we went to Sydney. I think the official opening of the World Jamboree was New Year's Eve midnight.
5: They started it and went for eight days. Oh man, I feel so sorry for you because being seventeen one more year and you'd be able to legally do everything over here in Australia at the age of 18, you just missed out on the great time. <laughs> <laughs> I probably am better off.
3: <laughs> so uh, Dave, uh, what's your plan for your uh, Moosaroo uh, build? Can you reveal any details? Uh, maybe try and uh, get, uh, get in TJ's head here.
5: I have no idea what I'm going to do. I really don't. I was thinking perhaps doing that cartoon style where you paint it in the way that it looks like a cartoon character so that's one sort of plan of attack we were talking about perhaps doing a world war 2 camouflage but i think that's been done to death where you get like you know them being done as a, a Luftwaffe sort of colour with with um with crosses on yeah you know man i don't know i'm just going to sort of just wait and see and just let the model speak to me and perhaps something will reveal itself i don't know but no idea in fact, point of fact, I'm, um, I'm quite intimidated by the amount of other sort of fantastic builders we've got who are having a crack at it. So there's a lot resting on my shoulders because we've won the Cup in the last two years. So for me to let it go away from home shores, I don't think I'd ever live that down. So, man. So, when, so, so Dave, I have a question then. When you guys finished the
1: Moosaroo Cup the last time, did you go to HeritageCon? What year were you there?
5: I was there the year before the first. That's a good question. What year was I there? The very first one. Who was the guest speaker? Yeah, yeah, it must be going back two years. It was, it was definitely, it was the year before COVID hit. So it was the, and then the, for the second Merceru Cup, we just sent photos across because it would have been too hard to sort of email it, and they judged it based on photos, which is even more terrifying because photos tend to show up a lot more of the faults of a model that yeah. old Mark I the Mark 1 I bought. So you don't think I'm um, I'm more, well hang on what are you guys going to be doing how you're going to be building it?
7: Uh I haven't really decided yet. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. I've here built go. a couple of Gundams before just for fun. Like when I had my last job and I would work at night, I would I've got some and just brought them to just for something to do to keep myself busy so I wouldn't fall asleep. So I just like would stick them together. I've I've never painted one. I've never done any of that. So, oh, I don't know. Scott thinks I should like weather it up a lot, but I was kind of thinking like that's what I always do because I build a lot of armor and I weather everything. So I was thinking maybe doing like a clean build, but then Mike Rinaldi has been doing his YouTube videos and he's done a couple of them about weathering plastic without painting. So I'm like, oh, I could do that. That would be cool. Yeah, I really don't know. I'm also kind of like, I opened the box. I was a little intimidated because it's been a long time since so I built a Gundam kit. I'm like, holy shit, there's a lot of parts in here.
5: Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I'm just letting it sit there and hopefully sort of some sort of design or thought will sort of come come to mind. I, I was thinking about doing a diorama, but then not knowing anything about these particular models, I went and did some uh, research and found that they're quite large. They're quite tall in real life. So I, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see.
3: Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. There's a lot of good builders and, uh, you know, the field has grown quite a bit more than the two that uh, started out.
5: (laughs) That's for sure. That is definitely for sure. What have we started? What have we done?
1: (laughs) I think you also need to participate in the 48-hour build next year too.
5: I do. I do. But I'm doing also – you can see that? There's my T35. uh, Oh, nice. I'm doing it as a – Uh, This is for the group build. For those who can't see what I'm showing up to the camera, it's a T-34 slash 85 for the group build. It's going to be as a tank in a May Day Parade 1946, maybe 1947. So it's all nice and shiny. It's got the white walls around the, the wheels, no weathering whatsoever, all in pristine condition.
3: That's a great idea. You don't see many of them modeled as a May Day tank.
5: No, you don't, and, you know, it, it's, this is coming back to sort of, um, well, not my pet peeve, but a, a great discussion point is, you know, how far to weather a model, and do you actually need to weather a model for the model to be what it needs to be? I don't know. You know, there's a lot of um, builders out there who either don't have the time or, or the skills or even the inclination to want to weather it to, the say, the levels that we see at model shows and that. You know what? That's fine. That's great. At the end of the day, this hobby is about building only for yourself, and you're you're the only person you have to please. So, yeah, it's a bit of a long winded way of saying that I'm avoiding doing weathering for this particular tank.
7: <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that, though. No, no. I, I it, as someone who weathers everything, like if you don't want to, I mean, don't. I mean, there's mm-hmm. you know what I mean. It's like you said, it's it's your hobby. You do it the way you want, and don't let anyone tell you not to do it that way.
5: Absolutely. Each each model that we build is a snapshot in time of that particular model that you're modelling. I know that sounds weird, but hear me out. So let's refer back to that big museum in Cairns, Australian Armour Museum, and I can guarantee you all those tanks in there would have been polished and cleaned within an inch of their life, and you could fairly, you could quite reasonably say that when you're going to model a tank and you you're doing it you can say well it's i'm modeling it to museum quality in which is going to be not a speck of dust on it there's not going to be any mud whatsoever it's going to be repainted and polished you look at um, some of the armor regiments in modern day armies they will have a parade day where the tanks are paraded in front of the um co and all those tanks are cleaned and polished and washed to an instant inch of their lives as well. It's just what militaries do. they like, militaries like polishing things and even tanks, ships, aircraft, at some point in their operational life, they're going to look like they've come right off the showroom floor. So with that in mind, there's nothing wrong with the modeler actually modeling a subject in which it's 100% clean.
3: Well, as as we say, there is no wrong way to do this hobby.
5: No, there's not. Of course there's not. There is no wrong way, and there's no right way of doing it either. It is what it is. Sing like nobody's listening. Dance like nobody's watching. Just don't be in the same room with me when I do start singing, because I'll, um, I'll clear the room. I can guarantee it.
7: <laughs> <laughs> I know in our, I think it's in this upcoming episode, make sure you uh, listen. I, I get a little bit of trash talking in, all in, in lighthearted fun. I thought it was pretty funny. Because uh, we talk about the Moose Roo Cup, so by the time this airs, that that had already will have already aired. So just be on the lookout for it, though.
5: TJ doing some trash talk. Wow, let's get Dan and listen to that.
6: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, Dave, uh, we uh, you know since you're on holiday now, we hope you get a lot of great building done. That t thirty four eighty five starting to look great. Hopefully, uh, you guys start to get a lot more vaccines down there and things loosen up for you. And we definitely hope to see you at uh, Omaha next year.
5: Definitely, definitely, definitely. Thanks very much, guys, for having me on. Congratulations on your anniversary, your one-year anniversary. It's something to really celebrate and uh, shout from the rooftops. You guys got a great show. You got a great dynamic. You get fan- some fantastic guests on. Not that I'm jealous, maybe just a little bit. You get some (laughs) fantastic guests on and just keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a great service to yourselves, the hobby, and podcasting in general. Well done, guys.
3: Thanks so much, Dave. We really appreciate it. You'll always be the godfather to us, and uh, we'll continue to listen to your show, see how you guys continue to make an impact.
5: No worries. Thanks, guys. All the best.
1: Thanks, Dave. Cheers.
5: See you later. Thanks, Dave.
4: All right. And we're back. That was a great interview. And it's always a pleasure to talk to uh, to Dave. He's a great guy and such a great support. Now it's time to talk with Stanley George. Enjoy this one. righty, folks, welcome back to another Triple P interview. We're going back to the old days. We're starting over where we started back at the beginning with the modeler's minute, and we've got Stanley George back with us. Stanley, welcome back. How you doing?
8: All right. Hey, how y'all doing? I'm doing good, doing good. I am so glad to be back here. And I think I was telling y'all earlier that, yeah, i will (laughs) not in the shed because it's hot. And my Wi-Fi won't reach that far out there with my laptop. So, hey, I'm doing real good. Thank you for re-inviting
3: me. Hey, it's good to have you back, Stanley.
4: All right. We've been paying close attention to what you're doing there on uh, the Grumpy Old Scale Modelers Facebook group. Um, you've done some cool stuff, uh, some things that a lot of us wouldn't even think about attempting, like the uh, 1700th uh, battleship. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you've got going on.
8: All right, uh, we got the uh, Dragon model, the 130 field scale King Tiger, Battle of the Bulge. It's gonna, it's the late model and has the Henschel turret. So far, I'm planning on doing up a diorama with it as well. I guess you could say it's going to have an Eastern European type theme. So I don't know yet. It's just, I'm going to go for where I'm, <laughs> I'm going to do whatever I can do. It's a couple of different things. The fenders on the side where the tracks are, I cut those up, took a, a lot of it off and as far as the magic tracks that come with them all 184 of them all those links I drilled the holes in them because <laughs> you know with those magic tracks you can just put them together and glue them I was like no nah, I just wanted to be more flexible to make it easier to put it on the roll wheels so I decided to drill the holes in the side and place a uh, copper wire in them.
1: you did you do every track link you said yes everyone
8: one. yes Okay, I'm sorry, listeners. I'd
1: asked twice. I wanted, I wanted to, I wanted to make that explicitly clear. You, uh, you are a special kind of uh, person, and uh, I applaud your efforts, good sir. Because I'm a diehard armor modeller, but I wouldn't even do that.
3: <laughs> That's pretty ingenious to take. You know, the the metal tracks all use pins like that, but to apply that to the plastic magic track, especially on the great big track links like on the King Tiger. That's that's pretty pretty ingenious. You seem like a lot more experienced at armor than you're claiming you are.
8: Uh, I, a lot of my friends, they tell me, they you're very experienced. I say, really? I'm not. I'm just trying to do different things. <laughs> and if I screw it up, I screw it up. If I don't, I don't. <laughs> and I go from there. So
3: tell us about that uh, last uh, project you had. That was a 1-700 scale Roma,
8: I think? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They uh trumpeter 1700 scale rn roma <laughs> what got me turned on to that kit was uh plasmo i saw one of his videos where he did it i really like the red and white stripes when i bought the kit i never that was like actually it was my second 1700 scale ship first was a the old Revell uss intrepid it really wasn't that bad of a kit it was very basic a very basic kit but when I got the Roma, I didn't realize the parts that were going to be so freaking small. I went all ahead and ordered brass barrels with it and photo edge, and yeah, I went on from there. But it was a very good kit. Really, no fit issues at all. But I learned a lot doing it because I learned there's a big difference, you know, between doing ships, armor, planes, ships. You're really going to have to break doing battleships. I learned this by breaking battleships down into sub sub parts, you know, bills. and. uh painting from there so i learned a lot
3: so besides uh being our very first modelers minute interviewee and kind of breaking new ground there uh we also like to talk about uh people's social media the content they generate and uh, you do some of that tell us a little bit about uh, what you do on the grumpy group over there and also stuff that you do on your own
8: well on the grumpy I just mainly just post uh, videos. I give update video updates of what I'm doing. Uh, they're just spur of the moment, mo- or excuse me, spur the moment type things. You know, I just sit there, I, I turn my phone on, I have the camera facing me, I give an introduction of myself, a salute to everybody, tell what I'm working on, what I've done. You know, if I screwed up on something or if something went well, and then I upload another video showing my, uh, my build at, the, at that moment of what I am doing, and so. And then along with those two videos, I always upload a bunch, as many pictures as I can of the process of the build. And my main focus is just if I can, if, if that could help somebody, another modeler doing a similar project or not even a similar project, if it can help somebody, they can learn something new. That's that's all I, uh, I kind of, I guess you could say strive for, just to help out a fellow modeler. On my own Facebook page, I'm really starting to post more of my bills on my own Facebook page. Normally on my own page, I just post a bunch of dad jokes, uh, funny memes,
6: <laughs>
8: video uh, songs, videos. Uh, I also do some karaoke <laughs> lots of times. So it just, it's all it's all around fun. I, w-
4: I was going to say that you are the only modeler that I'm aware of that serenades us sometimes as well. So, <laughs> so we appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm glad
8: <laughs> i just I just wish that I could be a fly on the wall in some of some of you all's rooms you know if y'all happen to see a video <laughs> that I posted on karaoke and I'm pretty sure y'all be like, "Oh my God, <laughs> as if you're drinking
1: <laughs> so Stanley, have you considered starting your own Facebook page? I know you like you said you post in a couple groups, but I think there's an opportunity maybe to you know create your own you know page and brand and and really expand that way. Have you thought about that?
8: Yes. Yes, I have. Uh, I need to do some, need to do some research cause I don't even know how to do it on Facebook, you know, my own page or a separate page. As a matter of fact, even like a YouTube channel, I, I uploaded a video and it was showing on Facebook and it was showing me drilling the holes in the side of the uh, links of the track links. And I had the music playing in the background or the music overlay it, and I did that on my phone, so I was like, "Okay, that's not too bad." And now I got to figure out how to do everything else. And it was uncomfortable making that video because I had my cell phone stand like right next to me, pointed so far down onto the model, so I had to sit at an awkward position. And I was like, "I hope I get used to this."
1: <laughs> yeah, that's you know, I think that's one thing that we don't appreciate a lot of content creators when they post those videos is. You know, especially like Plasma, as you mentioned, camera's right there in front of him. I, I mean, how is he doing it? So, but no, you bring up a good point.
3: Yeah, I think YouTube's a good choice. The world needs to hear that voice. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I only mention it, Stanley, because you know you you put out a lot of great content, and if you know if people want to see it, like I I have to search for your name either in mediocre or grumpy. But if if there was like say your channel on YouTube or Facebook page, it it would just make that a lot easier and be able to honestly be able a lot easier to follow you too. And I think our listeners would love that. I certainly would.
8: Yeah, and I appreciate that. And actually, like I said, you know I've been looking into doing that, so I'm really. Last week or so I've really been sitting down. I gotta get myself back on a certain schedule because things are gonna get a lot tighter for me. You know, I wanna to, to start back working, I'm gonna be going to starting school back soon. Uh, I think next week or the week after. Might be next week, I'm gonna start school back and i d I'm still gonna work go out and work on models at nighttime. You know, nice. so it's gonna get a real it's gonna get real tight, but that's that's good because these last two and a half years I've been retired. I haven't been really doing much other than building models. So it's, 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 it's more, it's going to be more healthy for me, I guess you could say.
1: I I wanted to also mention, you know, if you're going to create your own page, you got to come up with a snappy name too. So, you know, whether it was your call sign in the army or nickname or just Stanley George models, maybe that's good enough. But I'm just saying, um, (laughs) I feel like you, I feel like you, or, you know, you know, Sergeant Slaughter or something from your drill instructor (laughs) days. Like I I feel like there is an opportunity here to name your channel, so.
3: And to build on what John's saying, what I love about watching your videos, and I watch almost all of them, is you you really kind of double down on a theme that we're pretty passionate about here. And that's, um, there's no wrong way to do this hobby, you know, you, as long as you're having fun. It doesn't matter if you're a beginner or if you're an expert, you know, you need to do it in a way that you're enjoying it.
8: Uh, go back earlier about the name. Uh, I've had a couple of friends, Facebook model friends, throw out a couple of names for me. I haven't chose one yet. So that's still churning in the old noodle here. But yeah, it's uh, like I said, it's just, I am very passionate about models. It helps so many people out, you know, mentally, you know, emotionally, physically. Uh, I look at a lot of uh, my oldest, one of my sons, he works at the VA hospital, not the VA hospital, but the veterans home, the veterans nursing home. And I see a lot of veterans, like, Vietnam vets, so forth and so on, and it seems like they're almost at the end of their rope. They're just in their home. They're not feeling good about themselves, and I can understand that. I can really understand that. So, but I also, but I, I look at a lot of model modelers. They're keeping themselves, especially older pers- people, keeping themselves active, doing different things. Uh, so it, it's really, it's really a good outlet as well. Really good outlet, and and it just like, like was stated earlier, you know, you're having fun. You know, if you want to be strict, build a 100% accurate actual model of the actual vehicle. That's all good too. I'm all for that as well. But even if you want to paint a tank magenta or aqua green or something, <laughs> hey, I'm all for that as well. As long as you're putting it together, building models, putting it together, you're having a good time. That's 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 what I strive for. and I tr- I try to convey that when I do my videos. You know, try to give the energy, trying to give you know mm-hmm. happiness and, that, and the way I act on the video. That's I really am that's just me you know i get on my wife's nerves all the time because i'm walking around the house and i'm telling jokes and telling dad jokes uh i had my one of my sons kick me out of his room because i told a real bad dad joke
7: <laughs> i feel like we need
1: to hear it i love dad jokes and i'm not even a dad
8: so i asked him i said uh my son his name is uh jacori and we just call him Corey." so i walked up to his room and i said hey jacori i said if uh Rooster was on top of a barn and it lays an egg, which side would the egg roll off of left side or the right side? And he looked right at me. He said, the right side. I said, no side, son, because roosters don't lay eggs. And so he looked right up at me and said, get out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I like it. So, Stanley, you know, Scott brought up a good question, you know, good question, good statement around the joy, the hobby and you're really expanding on, you know, the importance of it. If, if I could ask you maybe what aspect of maybe building a model, painting a model, what, what is, what, what part of it, if you had to pick one brings you maybe the most joy or the part of the build that you look forward to the most?
8: Uh, painting. Yeah. Painting. Uh, I've really, really gotten more into looking forward to the painting, you know, yeah. uh, before I even start, like I say, about a two or two weeks prior to me even starting a model. And I may be even on a previous kit, you know, already finished it up on a previous kit. But I'm picking up that next kit and I'm already online or magazines or books, you know, looking for a paint scheme, looking for a paint scheme. So with this King Tiger I'm going to be doing, I'm going to try to freehand the camo pack. Yeah, wish me luck with that one.
1: Nice. What <laughs> What airbrush will you be using?
8: For the... For the red, brown, and the dark green, well, I don't have dark green.
1: Yeah, olive green's close enough. Olive
8: green, yeah. I do got olive green. Well, for those two colors, I'm going to be using my uh, Iwata Eclipse.
1: Oh, nice. That's a good brush.
8: Yeah, so, but to lay down the primer and the base coat of dark yellow, I'm going to be using my Posh uh, VL series with a number three needle linen.
1: Nice, nice. So you, you, you've, you've hit a subject matter that I uh, love, actually, is three-tone German camouflage scheme. So our, our co-hosts will have to deal with me for a few moments as we <laughs> talk about this, because <laughs> I love it. Talking about that, Stanley, what, what paints have you decided to use for, for this scheme? For right now, Altamia. Okay, good. Nice, nice. That's, that's, that's I mean, if you're going to freehand camo, I feel like that's the best place to start.
8: Yeah, I have a long way to go if I decide to use something else, like a water-based acrylic. I'm not yeah. even going to try that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice.
8: At at the moment, at the moment, I'm not going to try it, <laughs> but I will try it soon.
1: Nice. What do you typically uh, thin your Tamiya paints with?
8: Uh, Mr. Leveling Thinner.
1: Yeah, buddy. That's the good stuff. Unicorn That's the tears. correct
7: answer. Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. I love it. So, Stanley, you know, in addition to Tamiya paints for airbrushing, though, I saw online you posted a video and some comments about the AK third gens. You know, it's a relatively new paint. Uh, you know, tell tell us, tell our listeners what your thought of them so far are and, you know, what are you looking forward to most with them?
8: Well, just looking at them right now, I haven't, haven't tested them or anything like that mm-hmm. as of yet. Um, but I am looking forward to it because uh kind of turned me on to them. I was looking at uh one of I think Night Shift's videos and I can't remember what build it was, what he exactly was doing, but he was using uh the AK Russet. And mm-hmm. but I don't I don't think his what well, he was using is the third gym. So it might have been the second. But I said, you know what, I think I'm gonna give those a shot because right as of right now I have the Vallejo Russ sets mm-hmm. and I'm really starting to get used to using those and learning how to use those efficiently and, you know, yeah. decently enough. So uh, I, it just made me, want. Well, I just said, you know what, let me just branch out and check out this AK and see yeah. how they are. So they're mainly, uh, mainly going to be, yes, I'm going to rust up the tiger, the King tiger. Uh, I'm not going to rust it up too bad, but I do have a ton of accessories. that are going to go on the tank as well as on the uh, diorama. We're really going to jump in on it by then. So.
1: Nice. Nice. So I, I'm going to hog the mic a little bit more, and then I promise I'll let the co-host talk. You know, what What kind of, are you going to use decals, dry transfers for it?
8: Uh, the decals that come with it.
1: Okay. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Dragon decals are super nice. And then my last question is around the diorama. Tell us, tell us what story you want to tell with this diorama. You said Eastern Front, maybe the, the Nazis retreating, the last, you know, their last hurrah. What are your thoughts?
8: Eastern Front, I want to put it around, uh, I guess you could say, the Ardennes, around that area. Not specifically the Battle of the Bulge, but during the Battle of the Bulge, but maybe a little before or after a time frame. Uh, I would say somewhat more of a before, because the, only st- the story I'm just going to be telling, I want to tell, is the German soldiers that are all part of that King Tiger, they're just going to be sitting there, resting, waiting on orders to come down. You know, when you see the figures, you know, all of them, that came with the kit, and they're very nice figures. Uh, All of them are in a relaxed position. You know, they all got like a cigarette in their hand, and so I'm going to have a couple of them just sitting on the tank, some ammo crates and so forth and so on, and fuel drums, and just it's just going to be more of a uh, uh, rest and relaxation type. You know, soldiers waiting for their higher-ups to send down or that command tank or the, their commander, no, another King Tiger, eventually is going to come up on them and give them orders and let them know what they need to do.
1: Yeah, at that time of the war, I imagine they're pretty tired, so it's it's probably an uh, appropriate scene.
7: Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, Stanley, you mentioned, you know, late forty four time frame probably gonna be muddy out uh you yes. thinking pushing the limits with some snow what 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 are your ideas around the scene itself and maybe the groundwork
8: uh as of right now the groundwork yes it's gonna be muddy uh it's still gonna have some tufts of grass here and there uh as far as snow I do want to put snow on there, but I don't want I'm not gonna cover the whole ground with snow it's gonna be spots here and there of snow yeah. and on the barn, I'm going to have a little parts uh, small little areas of snow as well. That also give me a chance to try this, uh, what is this, this the, the liquid water epoxy? Yeah. I got it yep. at Hobby Lobby.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so, woodland scenic stuff, I assume?
8: Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I'm going to try yeah, that as well. So I put a little put, yeah. put puddles here and there. But yeah, that, that's pretty much it. I'm going to have snow, but like I said, it's just going to be small here and there, and um I kind of want to give the give the feeling of if somebody looks at the at the diorama, the vignette, then they would say, "Hey, that must take place during spring or right before the heavy snowfall coming." You know. Yeah. So either be- either before like early fall or very 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 late winter early spring. So
1: nice, nice you know, you mentioned figures with the diorama as well. I, I looked up and saw something on my bench I wanted to share with you. I'll tell our listeners. So Tamiya has this new figure accent color. So it's very similar mm-hmm. to their enamel washes for vehicles. If you're just getting into figures or looking to crank them out pretty easily, I've used this stuff in the past and I don't know, I'd recommend it to you to give it a whirl since you're into new products. Well,
8: I appreciate it. Yeah. I think I'm going to try that. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I went and visited a battle buddy of mine. Uh, he's in the model group with me here. He lives like about about an hour, almost two hours away from me. Back, I had to travel a bunch of country roads, and that was fun. <laughs> I really enjoyed it because it was scenic. It was beautiful. Uh, I went to his house, and he uh, had a tub, small tub full of paints that he didn't want anymore no because his, his hobby room was just like out of this world. I mean, every closet in his house had models, that's my kind of house (laughs) that sounds like a nice house (laughs) so but he he, uh before i left he was like okay stanley here you go take this would you take that would you take that i was like okay i'm not gonna say no so but he gave me uh in particular he gave me this uh pack of uh ak uh, accents.
1: yeah 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 Yeah. i know exactly Uh, what you're talking about
8: so I, was, I i never use accents. I don't even know how to use them. But I talked to a couple of guys on uh, in one of our Facebook rooms, and they gave me the gist of how to use them and stuff. So I'm pretty sure I'm gonna try them out.
1: Yeah, they're—they're they're the enamel-based glazes, I believe, and they're really—they're mm-hmm. really straightforward to make shadows on uniforms and and really create that look on figures that takes layers if you're using traditional acrylics or oils. So no, that's awesome. I'm a little jealous because I really want some too. <laughs>
8: <laughs> hey don't so, be. you may hear you may hear me cursing because it's, it, it, this is how you can know if it goes good or bad you're <laughs> gonna be outside one evening and then you're gonna hear a bunch of gds and everything else going on you'll be like ah that's stanley i guess it didn't work
1: <laughs> if i see the mushroom clot on the horizon i know that it didn't work out for you and you had to dispose of them appropriately there you go so, you know, I, I do love King Tigers and German vehicles, but I'll, I, I want to ask you, you know, you talk about, you know, finishing the battleship, going over to the King Tiger. You know, we're all modelers. We have itchy trigger fingers. What are your thoughts on the next project for you?
8: Uh, what do you mean? Like what I think I might be doing next?
1: What, yeah. What, what's, what's next in your, uh, on, your, on your bench after this King Tiger? I know we're looking forward pretty much a, a long ways, but, you know, what are your thoughts there? Go to aircraft, maybe.
8: Yeah, I got a 148 Great Wall Hobby f
1: Oh, nice! That's a beast of a kit.
8: Yeah, I had I got the uh, big Ed set forwards, and I also got the 75th D Day anniversary decals from uh, Furball? Furball. 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 Yeah. Furball. Yeah. Furball. Furball. Yeah. I think it was Furball. I'm um, um, I haven't pulled the trigger on that one just yet because another friend of mine. In our hobby club, his son flew one of the F-15s during that 75th D-Day anniversary. You know, he had uh, the invasion strikes on them and everything. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Got a in and hand. so yeah.
8: the guy had ordered, uh, or not ordered, but he found a 75th Great Wall Hobby, uh, or now 75th, 172nd scale Great Wall Hobby F-15. And he, want, he asked me to do it for him because he didn't really, he don't mess with anything smaller than 135th. So I did it. His son loved it. And so his son, uh, squadron commander, loved it also. And he commissioned his dad and dad reached out to me and said, hey, I got these two fifteen es 148 scale. My son's squadron commander wants us to do them for him." So I was like, yeah, let's do it.
7: (laughs)
1: Dang, that's awesome.
8: (laughs) Yeah. So I'm waiting, I'm waiting on him. I'm waiting on him to get started before I get started. So,
1: yeah. So I would recommend, I actually follow them on Facebook, the 48th Fighter Wing. They have their Mm -hmm. own Facebook group and they post a ton of pictures uh, from their deployments and flying around England, the mock loop. Highly recommend. Maybe I'll dump it in the chat after this. Uh, Mm -hmm. You got to like it and follow it if you're going to be building the Eagle. It's, it's so much inspiration. You'll probably want to crank the kit open as soon as you start looking at the page. I Probably
8: will, but and uh, the, the other the other kit the other kit I have I got went I went to Hobby Lobby and uh, I saw the uh, I think it was fifty three Coca Cola Chevy truck and it comes with the uh, the dolly and it also comes with a diecast Coca Cola uh, machine so I was thinking about doing that I haven't I haven't did an automobile in God knows how long so I'm thinking about doing that it's 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 made by AMT and yeah. I'm looking at rusting it up and just trying different things with it as well. Nice. So I like are the rust. My, those are my two.
1: No, that's great. So I, I actually love that you're going to take some weathering into the car world. It's you know that's I feel like that's a taboo subject sometimes. Yeah, they always have to be <laughs> polished and shiny.
8: <laughs> Wait, they get a load of me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that might bring more controversy than like a late war German <laughs> tank scheme. I love it. So, Stanley, you mentioned hanging out with your some of your modeling buddies. I hope to see you then when we host the Nationals in San Marcos in 2023.
8: Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going to be there. I am sure. definitely, definitely going to be there.
1: Can we con you into coming to Vegas in a week and a half?
8: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, and I can get a I, roll away. I mean, all, all I can say is this. If I happen to go out to my mailbox and... Holy moly, there's a plane ticket there.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the plastic posse podcast, we're rolling in money. There's actually a money tree for podcasts that we know of. It's like a <laughs> it's like a pot of gold that a little leprechaun guards. So we'll 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 shave some off and send it over and we'll, we'll see you at the airport with, uh, with a Rolls Royce to pick you up and chauffeur you over
8: <laughs> to Rio. <laughs> no, but I mean, uh, we were, my wife and I, we were planning, but something just didn't work out. As a matter of fact, she, I know she couldn't get off from work and I'm possibly going to be working again. So I, yeah, I was like, you know what, we're just going to, I'm definitely going to go to the one next year and, uh, San Marcos. Uh-huh. So, so
3: cool. And we talked about kind of what your next project's going to be, but I'm, you know, more from a technique standpoint, you know, you, you're a guy that always likes to try new subjects and new techniques and new methods of doing things. What are a couple of things that you'd like to add to your arsenal maybe over the course of the next few months in your modeling?
8: Getting better at using, uh, let's like say, Vallejo paints, getting getting a lot better at using Vallejo paints. I mean, it's uh, rusting with, um, you know, using them us as filters and so the whole nine yards, you know. I really, I really want to get a lot better when it comes to using Vallejos because, you know, they're water-based. I think that's definitely, as a matter of fact, if I do my that Chevy, I'm definitely going to be using all of it's going to be Vallejo paints. And that's, that's one way I guess you could say I, I try to keep things new and learn different stuff because when I start I said, okay, I'm only going to use this type of paint or I'm going to only do this type of thing or so forth and so on. So. Stanley, do you have any questions for us? Oh, yeah, sure. So, what are y'all working on right about now?
1: <laughs>
6: uh,
1: a bathroom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I, these guys know, I, I mean, this, I've just been certainly, I've started a new job recently and looking at a cross country move. So, unfortunately, modeling has oh, been nice. pretty tight for me. Uh, but I do have, I'm going to show you, not our listeners, but a T34. That's nearing the completion line. I hope to get done for Vegas. But, you know, in the matter of time talking to you, I'm sure TJ completed probably three builds. So I'll uh, just, just turn it over to him because he's he's got more than the frigging, you know, six panzer division for crying out loud on his bench. So
7: right now, I think the only thing I'm really actively working on, as in the only thing I've touched for the last couple of days is you, you can see it. Listeners, obviously, oh, yeah. it's, it's a little tiny. 172nd scale Renault FT75BS wow. uh, from Flyhawk. It's pretty fun. I got like a million other things going on behind me that you can't even see.
8: That, that's, that's the same size as uh, the Tamiya 135th, uh, the German motorcycle Getting with crab. tracks on the back Yeah, that's yeah. the same
3: yeah. size. <laughs> yeah, John finished one of those recently, and I just finished the assembly. I need to paint mine, but yeah, it's a great, great kit. Highly recommend it. It'll put a smile on your face.
8: Oh, definitely. I might have to get that one. Definitely may have to get that
1: one. Doug has been bitten by the armor bug. He won't admit it publicly, but he (laughs) has
6: been.
7: So I am One of us. One of us. I'm just relishing it.
3: John and TJ, and I'm going to throw Stanley in there because he's working on the King Tiger. I'm going to out Doug publicly. I've got a stack here from my buddy of five Tamiya tank kits that Doug just picked up yesterday. So he definitely has been oh, yeah. bitten hard by the armor.
4: but Oh my gosh. I, I have not, other than when we did the 48 hour build last March, um, I've not built a kit that fast. And I picked up the Tamiya 48 scale T55 and I had it built in four days, just four nights. I didn't even, no daytime, just after work, my wife goes to bed, I'd go down and work on it. Four nights, mm-hmm. done. And and I was so happy with it. I mean, yeah, I could have done things a lot better. Yeah. Had I taken a lot more time, but just just the fact that I could do John calls them slammer builds. And that's exactly what I did. I just slammed it out and it was done and I was very happy with it. It just just pleased me. And and honestly, I couldn't pass up these kits for the price that that he was asking. So so we're good.
8: Nice. Well, welcome. Welcome to the armor world, my friend.
4: (laughs) Well, thank you very much. (laughs) But I'm not going to stop building the other stuff, especially Star Wars. That's my still my still my baby.
8: Yeah, I need to, I need to get into the Warhammer. That's what I need to do.
4: There's some yes good kids. Do. They're fun.
8: Awesome stuff. Well, thank you so much, Stanley,
4: for being with us again. Thanks for completing our first year as a podcast and being part of it. We really appreciate it, and we hope you're part of our second as well.
8: Oh, thank you very much. I really, 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 really appreciate it. You guys, you're awesome. I really, really, and I love listening. I was binge, I was binging y'all's podcast one day. Uh, I was like, I couldn't sleep, and I just start binging, just start binging.
4: Well, it's a I lot of it. binging because because some of them aren't short. So <laughs> yeah.
3: So so I have to ask, were you able to sleep after you binged?
8: <laughs> did we put you to sleep? No, unfortunately, you did not. Which was a good thing. I just, I was up the whole night. I didn't even go to sleep. I was laying in the bed, eyes wide open. My wife getting ready to go to work. And she said, you haven't been to sleep. I said, nope. What are you listening to? I said, the Plastic Posse podcast. She was like, oh, model stuff. I was like, yes. Yeah.
1: You got, you got thoughts of Dragon and Tamia in your mind and
8: <laughs> exactly
1: single link tracks and <laughs> camouflage schemes, racing around playing games with you.
4: I tell you, it's rough sometimes when you start thinking about that stuff. It's in your head. If you if you spend a lot of time at your bench, it's hard to get images of the paint going down or the pieces going together out of your head. You're always thinking yes. about it. And that's not a yes. bad thing.
3: What I'm always thinking about is, I wonder if TJ finished another one. Yeah.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Every night
1: before I go to bed, I brush my teeth and I'm thinking... Son of a bitch. I bet he did another one tonight.
7: (laughs) I wish. I wish I could build as fast as you guys act like I can.
4: (laughs) I tell you what, my goal at the beginning of the year was I was going to build a model a month. I was going to finish a model a month. And with those two pieces of armor, I'm now two kits away from being caught up to where I need to be. So I've got six done.
9: Oh, good. I'm happy
4: with that, which is actually my total for last year, I think, was six or seven. So I'm doing well. Nice. I think we're just about done. Thanks again, Stanley. Have a great one, and thanks, and, and yeah, love to your family.
8: All right, gentlemen, y'all have a good one as well. Stay safe. Keep on modeling, all right? All thanks, right. Thanks, Dan. You're a
3: gentleman, man. Thanks a lot.
1: It was really a great time with Stanley. I was so thankful to get to know him and, and actually be able to talk to him this time. So Stanley, thank you, from my, uh, you know, from my perspective and really enjoyed the time connecting with you. And now it's time for the main event, our roundtable with the Uncle Night Shift, the Adam Wilder, and the Mike Rinaldi. This was an absolute treat to be a part of, and we know you guys will love it. Sit back, enjoy, and thank you.
3: Just one note before we start, we did not want to edit this round table. We wanted you to hear it as is. And as a result, there is some adult language. Welcome in, everybody, and thanks for joining us for the Plastic Posse podcast's one-year anniversary roundtable. Since we started the Posse a year ago, we've had several roundtable discussions, and they've become a big part of our podcast. We have a very special group here on our panel today, so please indulge us a bit as we do some introductions. First of all, the three guys who are joining us today have influenced each one of us here in the Posse as modelers in major ways. Second, these three guys have all been a part of the posse. They've been very generous with us, contributing both directly and indirectly to the podcast. Lastly, all three of these gentlemen are just terrific humans. We've enjoyed getting to know them better through our mutual conversations and through their own unique contributions to the hobby. And I can tell everyone out there that what you hear from each of them is just really a very real, accurate reflection of who they really are. So without further ado, to celebrate the Plastic Posse podcast one-year anniversary, we are super excited to welcome back three of our favorite people, Adam Wilder, Martin Kovach, and Mike Rinaldi to the show. Guys, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, my friends.
1: This isn't even necessary, but just in case anyone listening doesn't know Adam, Mike, and Martin, I'll give a quick introduction for each of them. Adam is a master armor modeler and model finishing techniques pioneer. He developed and perfected many of the modern armor weathering techniques that we know today. He is a former staff member of Make Productions, AK and Wilder, and is a superb craftsman with PE. He is also an author, has a YouTube channel, Facebook page, and other social media accounts. He is also a teacher instructing students welding and metalwork. Mike Rinaldi, who needs little introduction, but like Adam, Mike is a master modeler known primarily for his armor projects, but he also works in other genres. He is also a master of modern weathering and finishing techniques such as oil paint rendering and hairspray chipping. Mike is also a designer, author, photographer, shipping clerk, purchasing manager, and owner of Rinaldi Studio (laughs) Press. Which publishes his series of tank arts as well as other modeling how to guides. Mike is also active on social media where he has a Facebook page, YouTube channel, and other social media accounts. He is passionate for many kinds of sports and is passionate about automotive design and motorsports history.
0: I'm taking notes. <laughs> nice.
1: <laughs> Mike, I didn't know you all that
0: stuff. Right, you really? mean either. And he likes long
3: walks on the beach. Yes. I mean, if
1: if you need a cover letter, Mike, we can send you this. No shit.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Bravo. And lastly, we have
1: Martin, AKA Uncle Night Shift. He's also a master modeler and worldwide modeling community uh, star, most recognizably for his influences and creations on YouTube. Martin's Night Shift YouTube channel currently has almost 175,000 subscribers and nearly 15 million views. That's incredible. He is an avid mountain biker and renowned hater of pineapple and pizza. Yeah, buddy, I'm your best friend. Uh, no fruit
7: on pizza.
9: That's going to follow me until the end of the world. Probably.
7: <laughs> <laughs> I'll die on
1: that hill with you.
7: Me too. All right, so before I get to my first question, uh, we need to address the elephant in the room. Oh. Martin, this is an actual intervention. We're all very concerned about your mountain biking is getting a bit too extreme. And as a mountain biker myself, I
9: have to be careful as well. A little more careful than you, have been. I don't want to discourage you, but I think the only takeaway from my crash is that if there's a heat wave, just avoid it. It's gonna drain you, and you're gonna make stupid mistakes, and those usually don't end really well. <laughs> so, how how are
7: you feeling? Are you feeling okay? Getting around better? Absolutely phenomenal. <laughs>
9: and I don't know if, Maybe. If it's, I don't know if it's the presence of you, gentlemen. Or the pain medication? No, I'm just kidding. I, I'm off pain medication for three weeks now. Martin, so, yeah. what if you
10: got your training wheels?
9: Come on, Adam.
6: <laughs>
7: <laughs> okay, so moving on. My first question that I want to ask each of you is to describe how you first got to know each other. So I'm going to start with Adam. How did you first come to know uh, Mike and Martin?
10: Uh, well, I knew God. I've known Mike for a long time. <sighs> Let me think. It's been 16 years since I moved to Europe, and I knew Mike before that. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I was cleaning the old stash the other day, and I found a 172nd kit of a mouse that he sent me from Mission Models when he was still working there. And, yeah, 2005. Uh, it, it was yeah. So it was. It sounds. Let's just say it was that. You know, I'd seen his work. I I hadn't really talked to him a lot, but I knew he was an up and coming. He was always very generous to me, sending me freebies from Mission when I made orders from there and stuff like that. Um, and I got to know him more with the whole Mission Lake thing. I think where I really got to know Mike was on the, um, the Make Productions forums. That's when you started mm-hmm. really coming mm-hmm. into yourself. You you seemed to have direction, and you, your work just seemed to improve tenfold, and it was very impressive.
0: It's all lie.
10: And um, got to hang out with him at a few shows, and um, got to hang out with a few shows in Europe. Easy going guy, easy like Sunday morning. Good sense of humor too. And Martin, God, I I've been watching him for years. I saw in I saw a, I think it was an SC152 that he put. Uh, I forgot where I found it. I don't know if it was on links or if I was just looking around the web and I found that. So I, I googled his name and started looking at some of his other work. I just know that when um, my company started, he he gave me a lot of support and help in regards to providing us with his models and using products in his articles, and even when he started his YouTube page and mentioning us, it, it's, it really helped me out. Uh, a lot of talks with Martin in the evenings, uh, just talking models, ideas, and what impressed me most about Martin is, and at the same time, kind of pisses me off a little bit is because every time he shows me something he wants to do, I'm like, God damn it, that's what I was going to do, you <laughs> son of a gun. Do you remember that? What was that British one you showed me with the bent-up fenders? What was that? Martin, that, that medium tank. You showed it to me. Uh, was it a um, Boyle, Boyle? I think it was the
9: IS-7, no? No, it
10: was a cruiser in Russian service. It was going oh, over a Valentine, you know, yeah. It was a Valentine. And uh, I, you showed that. I want to do this. I'm like, you son <laughs> of a bitch. Yeah, all right, good for you. Yeah, so do I. Great. You know? <laughs>
0: but, <laughs> the race is on.
10: Yeah, but um, no, uh, um, I'm lucky to know both these guys. And they're probably... Two of the professionals I speak, I've spoken to the most over the years, and it's great to be here with them today.
7: All right, Mike, it's your turn. How did you <laughs> come to know Adam and uh, Martin? Uh,
0: yeah, because I would say Adam and I. So my my initial like learning who he was and everything uh, is, is is I've talked about before. When I graduated Art Center and came out of school and was doing this stuff, this would be like oh four oh five that's when i discovered missing links and then started to you know watch the guys that were doing the tank stuff online and stuff and then uh for me as well adam was writing for david parker quite a bit uh, with AFE modeler that from like the get-go and so working at mission models we would sell those magazines of course because we were one of the few in the u.s that could get them and then you know distribute them to, to the guys in the, for the big online surge. Uh, but i remember like uh like adam's original like KV185, I want to say it was, or KV1S, KV1S, I think it was your winter one, and like AFM oh, or two, yeah, IS2, yeah, it was one of those D85. early Russian heavies, yeah, and your whitewashes and all that kind of stuff, and that really just kind of like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get into this. This was, it was that like the light bulbs start clicking, you know, and all that stuff, and participating on missing links and then getting to you know interact and chat with guys as you put your work up and and, and those kinds of things. I can't remember the the first show we we met each other it was probably a year military show. I'm guessing yes. how, you, you guys are better with the years <laughs> i keep forgetting shit all over no i know yeah but adam and i we've we've been we've been like i guess you could say pro colleagues mm-hmm. in terms of you know contributors and stuff like that in the in the publishing side of things for a long time so we do share a lot of stuff and we talked on the phone uh, i was working the the shop desk at mission models and you know we would chat on the phone and uh, I think that was the Pegasus models, mouse, the one seventy-second scale Pegasus models. If I'm you know, I
10: remember that conversation. And I remember I was a little shy because I, I I didn't know you that well and.
0: Yeah, no, we didn't know each other, but you remember like Adam goes, "Hey, Mike, do you like paint with gloss paints first, and like what do you do after that? Because like I don't know what I'm doing, and I need your help." And I'm like, "Oh no, no, Adam, you're doing it wrong." <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: no, we had good times. We we had a lot of fun. And- uh, one thing I would say, though, is is is, is before I get to Martin, uh, th- who I don't personally know, you know, we don't know each other. Like we've never actually this is our first time actually speaking to each other. But one thing I do like and I think I said this on one of my things the other day was that the three of us, while we we play in the same swim pool, if you will, you know, like we have very different perspectives on everything. And that that keeps things kind of fresh. I think, uh, you know, we're not oh, I don't know you say we're not like uh, imitating each other, if you will. And that's kind of going to what Adam is and, and saying about like when he sees a photo and then Martin's going to do it. Like that whole trigger thing for each scale modeler out there, like when you see the photos of stuff and, and, and it like, I want to do that. I think Adam actually wrote a comment on Missing Links that when I did the Panzer IV with the Flak 88 gun on that, he goes, yeah, yeah asshole, I fucking want to do that first.
6: <laughs> no, no. Hey, hey, bro, yeah, someone,
0: was,
10: someone was trying to get me to do that and I kept putting it off, but you did such a great job. I'm like, I don't think
6: I'm going to do that. <laughs>
0: That's what happens, you know? Yeah, you won't see any like heavy, beat up, Post forty six tortoises for me anything because you guys have covered all that territory so like I don't know what to do anymore so I did Gundams I just like screw the tanks these guys have got it covered I'm, I'm jumping shit.
6: <laughs> yeah but, but yeah no, you
0: uh, our lovely Martin Red Kovac that's what I remember as uh, back in the day uh, when he would right. post and, and the thing I remember specifically and and I don't want to make it like a thing thing but I do remember how how young you were comparatively to everybody else we were all hanging out with because by that time. You know, I'd say there's Adam and Meg, and you know Phil and Mario and Marin and, and Lester and and, and Spud and, and Spencer Pollard, and you know all you know, all those guys, all the big big names of those days that are you know a lot of them are still around. But you know, then here comes this kid, you know, strolling on in, dropping shit. And I remember like when he threw down is like is his Syrian T seventy two a missing links one time, you know, and all this and you're like who's this guy? And so that was kind of my first introduction. And then just kind of because I think what happens is is you know like minded people gravitate towards each other. Uh, we would exchange commentary between ourselves and we, you know, we obviously, you know, know our work and stuff. And, and to his credit, we were, I was talking about when, in the stream that you joined Martin really impressed me was um, we were talking about somebody asked a question, Hey, can you chip paint with a knife or something like that? And I'm like, Oh yeah, whatever, dude. Okay. So I start, you know, showing them and Martin goes, yeah, that was your E25. And that dude, that model's like literally like 2006 or something like that. And I think it was on missing links for half a second. Like, and he just remembers this stuff. I'm like, Oh, okay. That was, that was dropping some dollars there. I was like, oh, yeah, because that was the one that I actually did that on. And so, to his credit, that's how I, but I've followed him for a long time and, and obviously watching the night shift channel grow. And, you know, because that, that's how I do things. I think you guys have probably seen now where I, I, I pull back and kind of watch and see what goes on and see how best to, to handle things. And then, uh, obviously, as, as, you know, the, the YouTube thing blew up, you know, Martin, Martin really took charge of that one and said, okay, here here, here it is, and this is how it does it. So it's 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 cool to be here. You know, like Adam said, it's great to talk. And, uh, you know, in Adam and I's case, we haven't seen each other in quite a while now, probably. I'm trying to think the last time we hung out, might have been Atlanta, maybe. No, I think, I we
10: remember. spoke on the phone about three years ago. I was bored at a okay. mall while the, the woman was shopping. So I'll call Mike. <laughs> <laughs> that,
6: Wait, but,
0: we used to talk quite a bit on the phone, actually. I know. I know. No, yeah. It's good to see you again. Same here, same here. So, yeah, so that's that's kind of my, like I said, this is my first time really talking with Martin one on one. But yeah, obviously, you know, big fan of his work and everything too. So very innovative and and very um, solution based. So one of the things I like to talk about in modeling is you know being solution based, working to the end game, and 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 that's what I appreciate about the stuff that he does.
9: All right, Martin, same question. Well, first off, I got to say it feels I don't even know how to describe it because suddenly we're speaking with Adam and Mike like peers basically but from my perspective they were always my teachers you know I was always looking up to them so yeah that's kind of interesting and I really appreciate the opportunity but uh, so to the topic well Adam was the first one uh, who I learned that he even exists and by the way in both cases it was through magazines so with Adam it was with his article about Panzer 38T the Czechoslovakian one from the national uprising or whatever. And before that, it was all just Miguel Jimenez. And suddenly Adam comes in, and he does something I thought was just something out of this world. He managed to paint a national slogan on a rusty exhaust. To me, that was like witchcraft, because... I used to uh, work really? with pigments a lot, you know, just stipple tons of pigments on the exhaust pipe, and then if you tried to paint something on top of them, True. they would start melting <laughs> into the acrylic paint, so it it would look like crap. And suddenly, this guy comes in and he just does it. Okay, so my interest was piqued, but then I don't know. I think he had some a few more articles published in a Czech, Czech well, we can say Czechoslovak magazine because it's also released in Czech Republic and Slovakia. And Mike, it was the same story. It was his ICU 122 that was published there. And he came in with a very different approach to painting and weathering. And it was pretty much since I discovered Adam's work, I was sort of referencing his techniques and trying to emulate them as I was learning the basics, so to say, how to wipe pin washes, how to paint chips. Then I gave up completely on chips because I was really bad at them. <laughs> And I think it was his Panther F that was the most influential for me because it was also a really detailed article. Then when I discovered Mike's work, suddenly no hard feelings, Adam, but I completely forgot about some Adam Wilder.
4: <laughs>
6: <laughs> no, it's good. That's awesome.
9: <laughs> and and, and I just threw something across the room. <laughs> and I, I was just, okay. This guy, his techniques, I need to learn them. So suddenly there was no color modulation for me, no mud mat- splashes or anything. It was all just pigments, oil paints, uh, hairspray chipping. And I think the first time when I contacted Adam was when, I think I've, I've seen your email uh, on missing links. And I sent you a model of this Stuk 3B with some field applied armor, a complete what-if vehicle. And asking, it was something like, Adam, you are the ma- master of steel finishes. Can you give me some hints here and there? And Adam, True. he completely ignored the model, Ooh. but he but he said that <laughs> you need to work on your photography. And that really changed my life to the, for the fair, better. Fair okay, comment. Adam, I really appreciated that back then. <laughs> Adam cuts right to the bullshit. <laughs> and <laughs> with Mike, I think it was our first interaction, I think was, Back during the AK Interactive forums, when AK Interactive was a new thing, and Mike was posting there on the forum, and I was trying to emulate his hairspray chipping on this tiny little resin, some French World War One tank, the the Schneider CA1 or something like that, and I completely just failed. The paint started crackling uncontrollably, and I just sent Mike a message with a photo, like, "Hey Mike, what went wrong here?" and
0: what I say? What I tell you? Yeah, you
9: uh, I think you said that... <laughs> you suck. <laughs> <laughs> I think you said that my paint was too diluted or I was applying it too wet. Yeah, it was, it's wet on wet. Yeah, when it cracks, yep. it's
0: wet on wet.
9: And then I just gave up on it completely because I, I just thought the whole hairspray chipping thing is a complete bullshit. It's like it's uncontrollable <laughs> and everything. <laughs> you can thank Phil. Phil's, Phil's the one that did it all. Yeah, and I think then just Adam. He sent me an email on his own, like, "Hey Martin, do you want to be included in this book about?" He didn't even tell me what it was supposed to be about. He ju- he just told me that I am supposed to build an ISU 122s and if I have a kid, he he can send me Fural tracks, the gun mantlet from a dragon kit, and everything. And oh, he just needs finished photos, no no SB- SBS photos, just finished photos. So. That was really, that was really an honor. Got to get on that deal. That's a nice project.
0: I want that. No yeah. SPS photos.
9: Just finish it. Get it done. It's in the <laughs> final. Okay. Yeah, yeah but they put didn't on go the anywhere.
10: Company web page,
0: right? Yeah,
9: probably. I think it was, but the, but the book was never published for whatever reason. Hmm. And 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 to my to Adam's credit, he paid me for the work even without you know the book going anywhere. So that was awesome. Yeah. Then I just then I just met Adam. In person in, on Mawson's show, I can't remember the year, but back then we were already talking through Skype, I think, or just emails. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure. And yeah, by that time, we, know each, we knew each other. And during his demo, I remember I was the only one constantly asking questions. I was sitting in the front row directly in front of Adam and constantly asking about stuff. And yeah, unfortunately, I didn't have the pleasure to meet Mike because I couldn't attend Mawson show when he was there. I think it was family celebration or something yeah. that, yeah, when, get, got in the way. So yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I'll see you the next Martin week. Cheers. Had other priorities, you now it's cool. <laughs> Don't worry
0: about it. <laughs> so yeah. Martin was probably mountain biking, you know. He out
9: there no, no, no. I-, I wasn't mountain biking back then. Back then, I was a complete couch potato and just spilling out of my chair. <laughs> <laughs> yep that's the truth so yeah there you go tj <laughs> that's great
0: it's how we all know each other
1: all right so my turn we're going to take a little bit deeper dive into this and as a follow-up to tj's question i wanted to ask starting with you martin so you get to go again okay. how has mike's and adam's work influenced your own work and you've kind of hinted at it already but if you could expand on it that'd be great
9: yeah completely like i said at first when i became familiar with Adam's work, I sort of used it as a learning experience. So I was learning the basics and even the more advanced techniques. And the way I did it, I I even showed him, I completely copied some of his models. For example, the, the Hetzer in Raw Steel Finish I copied even the smallest stain on the model. Everything. Uh, sans the mistakes he made in the Czech uh, uh, national slogans.
0: <laughs> I... <laughs> he spell-checked them.
9: <laughs> yeah, there were some spelling errors yeah, I copied
10: there. those right out of a book. <laughs> so that don't right.
9: bl- give blame all this on me. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I saw the, the reference photos. It was clearly legible there. But it's okay. You're a foreigner, so... Oh. <laughs> <All> right <laughs> you're not sloppy enough all right <laughs> and yeah then i discovered mike's work and it was a complete 180 for me and i was suddenly all about subtlety and realism we were out to confuse and- martin we were working together adam and i that was, our no, goal. was
10: kind of a conspiracy going on yeah.
9: <laughs> yeah i don't know what happened and i think i got fed up with pigments and everything so i sort of slowly walked away from that style and you know it was a good good learning experience because i i was able to try two very different styles and learn from masters obviously so the standard was set very high you know then i sort of started i don't know i think then i went back to adam's style it was when i finally learned how to paint chips with a paintbrush he still loves you adam <laughs>
6: no i know i know oh, yeah, i know it <laughs> <laughs>
9: And I don't know, since then, I think the most, how should I put it, copy or homage to Adam's uh, style is my mouse. And after that, I sort of started developing sort of my, I I don't know if it's cool to call it my own style, but, you know, my own approach, sort of combining different things together, especially since I started YouTube. Uh, people started pushing me to try new things, try stowage, try figures, make a diorama for God's sake, you know? So you kind of learn new things and it takes you places, I guess, virtual. Yeah, I would
0: before. say the, the your YouTube stuff, I was going to ask you about how, um, you know, how that's, that's because I know that progression, what you're talking about, where we're, where we're going through the, the the friends and what they're doing and, and coming in. But now you when you put your channel up and really like what's focused on it, as that's your thing like you can see your parallel learning like where it goes and i imagine because i'm doing this now on this side with the camera and everything is your production control your production values and what you're trying to achieve probably controls a little bit of kind of where you're going with who you are as, as like a basically professional that whole thing i would imagine it's right. it's 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 having its, its weight on your stuff i would
9: it definitely does in, because in when because honestly the whole video production and just running a youtube channel it's Pretty much, I'd say, half of the whole workload. So d- actual modeling is just half of everything. So uh, sometimes you also need to take shortcuts, unfortunately, or make compromises, <laughs> you know? I can't really name it. Yeah, I stopped painting model, the belly it but... takes
0: a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> no really you kidding.
9: Know, you know, sometimes you just need, need to say, you know, like, okay, I, ca- I just can't afford to spend, I don't know, 10 more hours on this model. It needs to be done, so... That's kind of unfortunate. And of course, it also affects the final outcome. And if we can call it style, you know, because there are other YouTubers out there who also have style uh, adjusted to their upload schedule. So if they want to release monthly full build videos, obviously, <laughs> they they need to be extremely efficient and, you know, and yeah. simplify certain things. Yeah. So, yeah, that definitely has a huge impact pretty much on everybody, you know, who has a deadline and extra work to do, be it. Uh, real life or making videos or books you know in mike's case or even adam's so i don't know if that was a good answer i forgot the question what was the question <laughs> yeah right what was the <laughs> question <laughs> well i'm
1: gonna i'm gonna ask it to uh adam next and then you adam you know uh how have martin and mike uh had an influence on you and that
10: well let me start with mike i think that um the big thing that mike did there was the um I say this. He put up a photo of a winter JSC one fifty two. It wasn't even the full vehicle. It was on links. You remember that, right?
6: Mm-hmm.
10: And um it was just a top shot and uh I've been working on the I remember the that day pretty
0: good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've been
10: working on the winter <laughs> camo for this and oh here you go, blah blah blah. <laughs> so um and at the same time I was working on my um my books at the time and I remember thinking like um okay, I, maybe I got a uh, maybe I am losing, falling behind on my game of it here. So, and I, I think I I commented once or twice on that thing, uh, just saying, you know, this, you know, I'm so happy for you, blah blah blah. This is great. And I had to drive back to the states that night, so I had to drive back from um, where I lived in Spain in the north down to. Uh, that's a long drive. Yeah, down to Barcelona to catch the airplane to go home. And I was mm. thinking all the way down, you know, I'm a has been, I'm all washed up. You know, that's it, blah blah blah. And the company I was working for, I was leaving, to make productions at the time. <laughs> a lot of changes going on. So, um, but I I. I ended up – when I bought that kit and I ended up – instead of the winter camouflage, I ended up painting just a regular like four-tone camo on it with red, yellow, black. But what I did learn – what I did steal from that on you was um, when I cut up all the fenders and I didn't use any photo etch on it. I just cut up the fenders, bent them with pliers and did an out-of-the-box for the book saying you can do something out-of-the-box without all this photo etch and everything and still make it look good. So that's really what I got out of it, is how you dented up all the fenders without using a kick out of that. anything like that. too expensive and pull it off. And that's what I tried to really do with that kit, despite how much I like the camouflage. And with Martin, I took some notes here, actually, as you guys were all talking. The one thing he did was the um, the JS7, because I got all the goodies to that. With
0: my toys over here.
10: Uh, <laughs>
0: Adam's like taking notes. Just yeah, I know. Around. All right, I'm taking it serious. Come on. Well,
10: I finished my last one the other day, so I got nothing new to be working on at the moment. So, but he did a, a JS7. He did, and I wanted to do the same thing. It's such an iconic Soviet tank. I'm still going to do it. It's just how can I spin it in a way that it's it's not necessarily better, but stands aside from the the great example that Martin did, and I'm, I still will. I just don't know when. You know, thinking about you know the YouTube channels and everything right now, and uh, you know having. You know, teaching full time. You know, Martin said that modeling is half the rest of your editing, voicing. And, and I know because the videos I did with my colleague in Moscow, it was the same thing, except I was lucky I had him to do all that for me. And it's what's made me hesitant to even do like what Mike's doing now. What do you call that? Streaming or something?
6: Mm-hmm. Live yeah, streaming. Live,
10: it's just yeah. I, yeah, the live streams. What time I got, I just prefer be modeling. And that's what's, you know, what we talked about in the last podcast. That's what's made me apprehensive about doing something like what Mike does or what what Martin does so it's more or less just when I get the time I try to just do the all out modeling and the detailing and another thing you know it's like with the detailing I've learned a lot of that from Martin too I'll be stuck with something well should I just bother with this or just put this kit part on well we know Martin wouldn't do that so here we go let's cut it up and get all frustrated and stressed out trying to put the damn thing on and you know stuff like that you know I love these guys I'm, I'm glad to have them
9: <laughs> but you know, you know, it's interesting because Adam, he, Adam was always the guy who would pay a ton of attention, right? even to the smallest detail, like uh, like right? some stupid machine gun or or something. He would put, I don't know, it looked like. So laughing at that it. comment.
0: just said, like, wait a minute, hold on a second here. Wait, you're the dude that actually does all that. That causes the reason Martin's doing it. <laughs> and <now> you, well, sometimes <laughs> well, well, I want to take shortcuts too.
10: Like but you said, it, you can you don't paint the bottom of your vehicles. Uh, uh, that tortoise, I mean, if you do, look down I mean. through the driver's hatch, you can see right out through where the sponsors are supposed to be. So I'm taking That's shortcuts awesome. too, you that. know?
9: Oh, okay. <laughs> now try joining IPMS or AMPS with that. You're going to be disqualified again.
10: I know, but, you know. <laughs> I'll
9: put a Sherman on the table, to
0: me, a Sherman on the table without the sponson fillers just to piss them all off now,
9: you know? <laughs> <laughs> just the engine side
10: not painted, yeah.
9: No, but, you know, Adam, it's like a feedback loop, loop because uh, the thing mm-hmm. I did with the IS-7 I was constantly thinking, what would Adam do? And you know, and I, I wasn't <laughs> trying to rip off your eyes three, so I only partially ripped one of the sponsons on, on on the one side, and I didn't go with the bed spring armor or anything. And then yeah, the- you, you built the tortoise, so now I can't build mine because you know you did it. And oh, I, I remember you said thing. that to me, and I'm thinking, yeah. thank God. <laughs> so now we are equal, okay? <laughs> And I'm just yeah. never going to build it again or ever because you already did everything that can be done to it.
10: Well, I, Martin,
9: I'm sure you'd come
10: up with something. Yeah, that's a lie. You know.
9: yeah. yeah, I'm going to build an invisible tortoise. Uh, just, you know, just a <laughs> plain block of wood. <laughs> and there's a tortoise there, but it's invisible. <laughs> an invisible tank. And speaking about all the shortcuts,
10: uh, I was putting some on the table and a friend of mine, a good friend of mine over there, he says, uh, What, you don't even weather the beneath your tanks? Oh, come on, Adam. I thought mm-hmm. you were kind of above that. Blah. blah. I'm like, well. Try doing this professionally with deadlines, oh. buddy. We'll see what you can mm-hmm. get above and what you can't get yeah. above.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's very true. So
10: I hope I answered the question.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: We'll just finish up, Mike. I know we haven't heard from you in a long time. So the question is to you.
0: <laughs> 30 seconds. I'm always interjecting. I'm always interrupting.
1: How, how nice. has Adam and Martin maybe influenced you? And, and again, it's not just techniques in the hobby, but maybe how you approach the hobby professionally.
0: Well, I think what, what's being talked about here is a key element to um, you know pushing yourself forward. I think the, the crux that I take away from a lot of this is kind of that, and they touch on it very uh, distinctly in that, you know, when we watch our friends whom, you know, as we develop these relationships in the internet and stuff like that, we watch what they do. And, you know, uh, obviously social media has blown that whole, that conversation, where it used to be just like a forum post. And, but now it's, it's, what, what our friends do and how they do it. And, and, you know, in a, in a, in a, probably a friendly competitive way. And some of us, you know, you know, we don't like each other. So sometimes it's a heated competition, you know, cause I don't like most of you guys anyway. So I'm just out to like, you know, kick your ass. I'm like, well, screw this dude, you know, watch this. And I'm just not going to use photo edge. How about that? There's no photo edge. That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing over here. No photo edge, but no, I think truthfully it is. It's that kind of, uh, you know, Martin talks a little bit about, you know, the imitation thing where, and I've talked about this as like a training tool where to develop your own personal thing is to kind of, and I've stepped back, like I've really followed Mario Wiens in particular for for a while when he was doing some things in, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And I remember like his processes, and I've talked about this before, where like just to replicate what you see that if someone over here, like you like what they're doing. Um, and I, I could see that happening in, in this conversation here. And, and it's so many times I've picked up, you know, particular because I was getting AFE model around the regular was a lot of Adam stuff. And and then, you know, with, with kind of the transition of the forums between missing links and AK and, and going through that and then talking to Martin and that was kind of what Martin brought up that older commentary on the, on the hairspray and what we we're talking about. That was when I started to kind of pay close attention, you know, in terms of his, of his work and stuff like that. And Like I said, that, like that Tyrion C T 70, the Syrian T 72 he dropped on uh, missing links. And it's like, you know, you see these kinds of things and, you know, now it's funny because now when I listen to him on his, on his, on his channel sometimes, and I hear his little comments. I go, "Yeah, I know what's going on." He's like, I don't like pigments, and this is why. Because he, you know, he's talking about it right
9: now, and I just chuckle a little
0: bit. And he goes, "Yeah, I'm back to hairspray." And he's like, "Oh, this is actually pretty cool." Like, go, yeah. And
9: yeah, Mike's just sitting there thinking, that's, like, that's like, "Filthy, filthy peasant." Doesn't like pigments. <laughs> no,
0: but that's that's what I think it is. Is that kind of competition thing, a little bit between friends, and in, in, in a healthy way, what we all like to do. And I think there's also that, and I think that I see this everywhere, in particular with when we talk about, hey, I wanted to do that, and then somebody over here does it, and then you're like, damn it, dude, I was so hoping to you do that one. And that's happened so many times, I think a lot of us. You know, I got lucky with that Panzer Four, I think, in that 88 and just happened to have it. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of one of those things where we're the competitive kind of, hey, what are you doing? And that's kind of how I look at this is is, you know, I I think you have to maintain if you're gonna be paid for this kind of stuff. And the truth of this conversation is, you know, if you're gonna put your name on the wall and be paid for this you know, you have to, you're only as good as your last piece, almost that whole part of things, you know, like with movies and music and everything. And, you know, these are the guys I look at that push me to go, okay, like, cause I, I, I watched Adam, like your Instagram posts with the wilder conversation you mentioned. And now, you know, your frequency on Instagram again, and and what you're posting on Instagram and like the, the cliche of, okay, Adam's back. And then like, I'm on YouTube. So like Michael's back and, you know, I'm, I'm like being active socially again and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, well, what happens from that is, is kind of, okay. The, the, there is a little bit, and this is the healthy competition of like I better, I better bring my A game because cause Adam's rocking it. And I'm like, well, Martin's doing stuff, you know, he's doing this T fifty five thing that's that's coming out pretty sweet. And I'm like, shit, I gotta I gotta do hairspray on camera. If I F this up, I'm gonna look like an idiot and, and everyone's gonna go switch off and go watch their stuff. So that healthy competition is good because it, it keeps us old dudes like sharp, you know what I'm saying? So like like, I don't want to fall behind and you know, he's got a broken leg. So I at least can outrun him right now. So I'm like, I can get a lot of models done. And Martin's like broken leg out. Like he's done, dude. He's out. So
9: dude, I finished the last like T55 video today. So, okay. And I'm starting a new one tomorrow. <laughs> See, this is what I'm talking about. Production schedule. Yeah. How the, how that
0: determined stuff? But yeah.
1: <laughs> What's next, Martin?
9: Oh, I can't say. Only yeah. patrons know. I'm a patron. <laughs> yeah, so am I. <laughs> what is this crap? So Adam, Adam, yeah, Adam so, older, so am I. Adam is never watching. People are asking about Wilder stuff. And I mean, Adam is is on my Patreon. I, and, I, and it feels like I'm talking behind his back. But at the same time, he's there. He always has the chance to, you know, chime in and what's going on. So I, I need to tread carefully on Patreon when we are talking about Adam. Always <laughs> just praise um, him. No, critique. look. Excuse my ignorance. It's like the
10: Patreon is that different? Because I watch all your stuff that you put up on. Um, even though I am a Patreon supporter, I, I watch all the stuff you put up on um, YouTube when I'm modeling. It's like, dude, on.
9: Patreon is every day, bro. I'm posting every day there. Hmm. Not, not videos, of course. Is you know,
0: but they're absolutely uh,
9: photos from the workbench. Well, it's exclusive content. Is what I think is what it is. You
0: pay, yeah, for yeah, basically
9: behind clus- the scenes and, exclusivity now i'm suddenly pitching my patreon so scott just cut that out no and- you're fine you're fine we mention no, it every not-
1: episode anyway so it doesn't matter <laughs>
9: T- tj just oh. eating barbecue leftovers <laughs> i love it dude he's
1: just
7: <laughs> <laughs> leftover chinese food oh, oh dude, that's man. the best <laughs> TJ just- i'm sorry i know it's rude i didn't bring enough for everybody no, we didn't We're pissed off now what do you got for dessert bro what are we doing on dessert <laughs> trying to cut out dessert oh, you got egg rolls
10: though. Yeah, no.
7: We had crab rangoon, but the kids ate them all.
10: Creature from the crab rangoons. <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right. Well, I want to kind of pick up on, on this a little bit. You guys have answered some of the questions that I had, but I'm going to start with you, Mike. What would you say for Adam is going to be maybe his one contribution to the hobby that's going to be lasting? As a designer, I think you've got a really good eye for evaluating work that you know you admire. So, what do you think the one thing that Adam contributed long term he's going to be known for?
0: For Adam in particular, it's it's the is I find personally he's fearless in the sense of what he tackles, the manner in which he tackles it, and and just you know whether it's confidence or, or you know working with your skill sets. I think it's it's when you look at Adam's body of work, everything you see. He takes on the challenges head on that he's trying to achieve and whatever it is. And then, you know, he's kind of, I think personally from my like, like on the, you know, not being intimate there with him, but just kind of from what I see from outside looking in, it's, it's kind of a fearless embrace of what it is. And then moving forward to create these, these really, they're not over the top, but they're, they're definitely not your daily, you know, run of the mill uh, project. So Adam is always Every single time I've seen a piece and I'm thinking of just like the, the collaboration pieces with the T-34 and the rubble and, you know, even his, uh you know, Resurrection, I think it is the, the all this. Every time I, I think of these, when they pop in my head, it's, they're, they're always very, very involved, complete, you know, and, and people might think it's extreme, but it's not because he's doing things such so fine and so, so well done that uh, I think when you look back, it's that kind of you know, embracing of the challenge and in, in what he's done as his portfolio. You know, um, when you look back 20, 30 years and we're really old and all that kind of stuff, if we're still around, you know, that's what it is, you know, and, and that to me is what hits home. is It's just it's just the involvement of his from A to B to C to D all the way through, you know, that whole thing.
10: Thank you. Mm-hmm. What
0: about the uh, same, same question about Martin
3: and his work?
0: Uh, well, I like what with Martin is, it is a bit of a similar conversation because you can tell from his conversation back to us today of what was going on through him. And you can kind of see that from the outside looking in of, of where he was, is studying because he is, no offense, you're just a kid, dude. You're just like a little, you know, this young guy. Thank appreciate so Here's this little 19-year-old snot-nosed jockey coming in, you know, like, like Top Gun and, and all this. But what you see is you see his own progression through that because he's embracing the same ideals of, okay, I want to take this thing over here and I have to recreate it. And and that impetus of, you know, research, to final project, none of this stuff is like, you know, yeah, he's just doing like a little whatever, like a little Jeep in the road. It's always these really involved things. And then they solve all these problems. And that's what I see. But now, which is really cool because of YouTube and what's happened with with the digital realm of everything, you see him turning into the professional. And, And this is really what this is becoming is now Martin has moved from you know, the kind of being on 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 um, I don't want to say not the non pro level, but just kind of, you know, doing the things that we used to do where we just build our work and post it online to now he's he's doing this with his name on the door kind of a thing, and that means something. So you see his growth as a professional scale model really is what this is. So and then his his transition into managing his desires of, of finish with the production schedules and all these kinds of things to maintain a level of quality. Of that is, you know, he sets the bar for this, you know, kind of a thing. Everybody else watching this, everybody knows night shift. When you go to YouTube, you know, where are you are going to get that whole thing? And that's, he's in that conversation. And so that's kind of like what I see when you look, and I think 10 years from now, this is going to be, you know, I'm going to be in my rocking chair going,
8: I don't remember that old
0: kid. He was like, you know, he's building all sorts of shit on the internet, you know, and, and that's, but he's going to be the king, you know, and this is, and I mentioned, okay, the one thing I did mention in, in Martin's case, in and, uh, Scott on our last podcast interviews, I think because of his age and what he's doing digitally and where the world's going social media wise is I think there is a little bit of, of responsibility for Martin to push this for the rest of us you know because we're going to pass the baton to him if you will is, is you know I've got five ten years of this before I just fuck off guys I'm done you now I'm going go on an island and just you know drink margaritas all day so you know he's going to be the one the king of the hill so it's it's that kind of level of, of that's what I look at when I look at Martin is you know he's the future of what we're doing right now in terms of where the, and then the guys that he influences because he is connecting the dot of the younger model builders in the armor world in particular. He's not a Gundam guy where there's a ton of teenagers and kids over there. So he's connecting the dots for those younger guys. And those are the guys that are going to come up and follow us. You know, going to be nipping at Martin's heels and he's going to have to deal with that whole thing that we've been dealing with with him where he's like kicking our butt and we're like, son of a bitch, you know? Now I got to fucking do this model over here because this guy over here is doing this and this guy and that whole thing. Now he's going to get it. So there you go. That's your legacy. <laughs> Martin, back. I'm gonna
3: ask you the same question. What's Adam's legacy going to be? Uh his contribution
9: to the hobby? I think um Adam, at least for me, he will be always remembered as the as the guy who really had balls to do to do things, you know, and do them really expressively. And also just, you know, trying stuff nobody ever attempted before, picking the wildest pun intended, uh, subjects for modeling, <laughs> you know, and just being super creative. Uh, like when like when Adam was talking about his IS-3, like it's a well-known subject. How can I do it differently? You know, and sort of, I don't, I don't really know how to put it to words. There's a sort of language barrier here, but Adam's work makes you think. It makes you stop and not just you know, enjoy all the details and the quality of his work, but also think about his approach, not just how he did it, but how he came up with these ideas. Sort of like when you're, I mean, like watching Adam's models is like watching a well-done diorama, basically. You know, you want to see it from different angles and you see the reasoning behind every decision he did on the model, at least for the most most part. And I think Mike, Mike is the guy who made realistic cool again, you know, yeah. because before Mike, it was Miguel Jimenez. And I I mean, he was always pushing the thing about realism and so on. But let's be honest, you know, it was stylistic and um, more artistic. And I'm not saying that Mike isn't an artist, you know, but Mike managed to somehow keep things subtle and really not just not just plausible or believable, or like Adam likes to say, authentic, but really realistic. And at the same time, really exciting to look at. So, I mean, Mike kind of managed to merge two things together, which were never really mergeable, able if that makes any kind of sense. I'm taking notes, by the way. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't I don't I don't know if that counts as legacy, but this is how I will always remember these two gentlemen.
3: That's a, That's terrific. Adam, same question to you. What do you think Martin and, and Mike's legacy is going to be?
10: That's not a bad question. I'll start with uh, Mike and I'll kind of echo what Martin said. It was the subtleness. The thing I found with Mike's work over the years and even even t- recently, I'm talking in the past few weeks. Um, if he dropped, I think it was a winter stuck that he did. And I saw it and it didn't really do much for me at the time. But as months gone by and I, I look back at it and even now there is, there's a subtleness to it and a realness to it that I guess unless you, it, it just, for some reason, it never jumps at me the first time. But later when I look at it, I look at his work and like, yeah, you know, he deserves everything he's got. He deserves a name he's got. And he did it himself with his own style. And, and that that's, he's, Mike's work is the only work that does that to me, that, it kind of grows on me in time, which I think that's an interesting thing. And another thing I'm, I'll remember him for personally is it's nice when you've got someone who comes into the hobby with such an influence. And, and when you get to know him, you realize in the same case with Martin, you know, they're just good guys. You know, they're, they're not full of themselves. They're not on the forums causing problems. They're just decent guys. And that, that, that really helps, too. For Martin, I think he'll be remembered for... Um, I remember, and I was thinking about this recently. We had a conversation about... This is before I started teaching. It was probably about four years ago. About where to go from here, be publishing all this stuff. You know, what can I... What, what do we do next? And I remember Martin was kind of... He seemed to be a little bit at a crossroads. And then he came along and um, he started this channel. I think, you know, the timing was there found an opening and uh i think he'll be in my opinion remembered as the first very good modeler that started this this really successful youtube page and i'll always remember you for that martin not to mention some of the builds you've done as of late the past few years the um was that that soviet one you did with four tracks the object i can never remember the 279, numbers of this Two seven
9: nine. yeah i still need yeah. to paint that one
10: yeah, you know, that, that was fabulous. So the, T, the American T95 you did, but the, you
9: know, the, another unpainted older. model.
10: <laughs> yeah, those, the, those are well detailed models. When you can paint them, when you can have a model and people are telling you not to paint it, you know, I think you've done something pretty good. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's true. It's a good barometer, right? <laughs> yeah.
9: You know, now that you've brought up the T95, I actually remember we had a conversation with Mike. Mike was kind of interested in the T95. I think you—I I don't know if you wanted it for one of your books as a guest article or for one of the single model series. But Probably I remember we, we, we sure. exchanged yeah, a yeah. few emails, but then it didn't really go anywhere because honestly... I my, no money
0: for that. Yeah, I'm a big proponent of paying you guys and i had no money to pay contributors and like shit but, but also that my
9: <laughs> photography wasn't really there back then and all Not sorts of stuff you know yeah
0: no your photography's always been pretty sharp i think mm-hmm.
9: by the way i learned from most of the stuff from mike it was from one of his online articles i think i also bought the same camera that you had i, I don't know if you still have it nikon mm-hmm. d 100 yeah and i'm still using it to this day yep same here it's my still it's my still camera for sure. And I've got the, the forty mil uh, Nikon
0: lens on it now. So yeah. It's a great five hundred dollar, under five hundred dollar setup for anybody looking to do good. The sensors haven't improved so much that that quality of the image that we get out of that is perfect for our level of of presentation work for for digital and, and print. So
10: which Nikon is that, Mike? The thirty one hundred?
9: Thirty
0: one, yeah. You get the fifty it's all the same sensor.
9: Yeah, just the Bluetooth uh, Bluetooth uh, yeah. remote. So remote that's what I better. was
0: uh, with cameras, guys. Listening to this out there in the real world, um, when you study the cameras, a lot of them will have the range of of models over over the you know, price range. The the image sensor is the only thing that really, really, truly matters in terms of what you get on the outside of it. All the rest of it is just like little features and functions and you know doohickeys and whatever. So that's what I learned was just get the cheapest body with the best camera image sensor, and then put the best lens for what we do. And I found that the forty mil Nikon, and that was you know, 500 bucks total. So, I mean, you can get the higher Nikons, it's, but the image sensor was the same for a while, for a long time. So I think they've updated it recently, but yeah, but anyway. Yeah,
3: the same thing. I think TJ has the same same camera. It's a great, mm-hmm, great do. camera for, for right every year.
0: years. And it can do video. It does shoot 1080p. It just can do it for about 10 minutes and it just gets really hot and, and it's a, it's a, it doesn't no, it's, have an auto
9: I mean, I mean, it's okay. It. I started my channel with the Nikon B5100, yeah. but mm-hmm. the sensor for video isn't really good the Mm -hmm. colors get all messed up and it's a lot of work in post to correct them and you can never get them I hate how cameras
0: do that, how you can do a print version of the same and then the camera switches its video mode and it sucks. You're like, dude, what just happened? Yep,
9: exactly.
7: (laughs) It it screws you up. You're like, that's When we were recording on Thursday and we were talking about our dream projects and when it was my turn, I was like, oh, my dream project is a Churchill gun carrier. But there's already two that are way better than everything so i'm like i don't really want my, to do mine's that pretty, no no dude I, I i just go with martin's that mine's really old <laughs> bullshit and mine's <laughs> so awesome i don't <laughs> care i don't care how old I it don't is it's amazing
0: huh. yeah i did a bunch of churchills that was the transition between the white background photography so the original churchill three-inch gun carrier stuff was on the beige paper i had the backdrop right. of the tan yeah. uh, the regular paper stuff on it mid- i was going through this whole phase of colored paper a colored paper phase guys Um, and then I got the D 50, the Nikon D This is when I was working with Pat. I think I started working with Pat Stanzel at MMR and ampersand. And then I really said, I really focused on trying to shoot white backgrounds. And then I was, I think I was actually daily working at mission models still maybe with John. Cause I remember the, the camera, that was the big camera switch for me. That's when I really like, I'm doing this. I want the white background, and how do you do it, blah, 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 yada, yada. And that was the Churchill's, all those early Churchill's. I
10: remember the, the whole series you did of that, Mike.
0: From,
9: yeah, they were good. Yeah. yeah, they're okay. I, <laughs> I think the best the one, one was the, the Mark one from North Africa. Mm-hmm.
0: That's one of my favorite model projects, even though I think I'd like to read, I thought about this too, Martin. I'd love to, and maybe this is something we do collectively in the future or something, is I'd like to redo an old model and like start fresh and redo one of my older, like the E25 or the, the E10s or... Some of the older stuff and see if see if we got any better. Ah, uh,
9: now that you mention it, this is this is one of my future video ideas which okay. I want to do. It's basically what artists do; they have the draw it again challenge, and I want to call okay. it build it again challenge. You yeah, know? yeah, do it. And I and I want everyone spamming in the comments like the old one was better, you know. <laughs> <laughs> And but we're we're talking like a really old model, okay, not five years ago or so. We're talking fifteen years ago. And luckily I still have some of my childhood models which my dad saved <laughs> in his office. And so you know, I have a real life uh reference which I'm gonna now try to build again and hopefully hopefully better, slightly better. Yeah, that'd be cool.
10: Yeah, it'd be interesting to watch.
1: So I guess I have a question. And we I think we talked about this before we officially... Because TJ just,
6: TJ, said... Like, <laughs> hold on, hold on. John no, 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 no. no. <laughs> no
9: Adam, Adam, you can't just watch. You need to join. And I'm going to tell you which, which model. The Russian T-50, I think the light tank, the fast tank, the one that you built in like 2000 or so. And oh, I saw it those? on... Mi- I saw it on Missing Links, and there was, just, there was just this one crappy photo from a show table. And Ugh. I was like, this is Adam Wilder? No, that must be a typo no, no, or something. That's not <laughs> no not way, this is Adam <laughs> Wilder. That, that's Mike's work.
10: <laughs> Mike did that. You just put Probably. my name on I'm trying to think what <laughs>
0: kit that was, because that's a really bad kit, that old T-50 kit. I can't um, remember. It's not RPM it's or Allen or something. It's it's, it's like Zvezda, maybe? RPM. I, I think it's RPM. kit. No, I, Maybe Zvezda. Oh, Marquette.
3: Oh, Marquette. God. Oh. Uh, I know. Yeah, the molds might have been
0: uh, tossed around, you know, like that whole thing, like an extra. Yeah, well, is
10: there a newer you know, kit? Like <laughs> is there a new, newer kit of that thing on the market right now that I could steal? No, yeah, mini,
9: art. No, you yeah, no, no, you need do to this. build the same one. No,
10: same no, one no, no. Come on, Martin. Give me some. Give me some. Give me a little bit of a some leeway. <laughs> Come or on, just something. Try to build the whole
0: thing. Yeah, I mean, oh, just oh. The mini art kit just to build will take six months.
10: Oh man, actually, it's it's not a. It's kind of a simple little. Yeah.
0: Is it one of the easier ones?
10: Um, it's a simple little build. I mean, it's not, it's, it would actually, it's, it's actually rather doable. Huh? Well,
9: and you Martin, just need to add all the rivets from scratch, you know? Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. You know, everyone yeah. can do that. Did you
10: re-rivet that model, Adam? No way. No, I just put on, I just, um, Steve's a logo article I read and, uh, mm. he had, he did, redid the screen. So I kind of stole that idea and
0: that dude's actually like the godfather godfather. I think he only gets enough No, credits, yeah, he's, he's – no, no way. The no. stuff he's done is just like, get out of here.
10: I know. Without going off on a tangent, what I liked about him was everyone was doing all the German stuff, and he was doing good allied stuff. It was mm-hmm. fresh, and that's what
9: – you know. and he had all – His research is impactful. And he knows yeah. stuff about it, yeah, because he's a historian and he's 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 an expert.
10: Yeah, I know.
9: And he knows – he speaks Russian and translated for the
0: government too, so he's, he's oh. pretty, pretty tapped in. And his stuff is it's always sure. a little
10: scene too.
1: You know, he's always got a figure, mm-hmm. or it's a mini vignette, and mm-hmm. seeing him in person, they are sweet.
10: And Here's another thing about that guy: as the things started changing and the photography started changing, he kept he kept to his thing. He just did his mm-hmm. thing, and
9: Steve, Steve, yeah, and good and to wasn't, him. Wasn't he have, the first modeler time. who started photoshopping the backgrounds into the title photos?
0: I don't oh, know that, Martin.
10: I I, I don't
0: see Spanish know that. guy, right?
10: Pro-
6: Probably
1: Martin, because he, he was working for Osprey way back in the day.
0: AMT, was, uh, right. uh, Antonio Martintello. Yeah, and, oh yeah, he's great too. I bought his digital. AMT, book. AMT does all that Photoshop background
9: stuff. Okay, but, yeah, he's but, good at but it Steve, too. he also. He's the guy who also uses his model twice in the photo. Yeah, he makes a copy and he puts mm-hmm. it in the background. Well,
10: that's cool. Yeah,
1: and yeah, it, it works. Yeah, and in mm-hmm. some of his models, he he does those books for Osprey. Some of the profile views of the color plates, you can tell that yeah, they're Armin. kind of adapted off of off of a chassis mm-hmm. or or, or f- one of the photo, yeah, yeah off of one of his photos because you can you can tell mm-hmm. the non hollow guide teeth from a Panther Tamiya kit in there. Um, and some of the color profiles, yes. <laughs> but no, he he's legit, and yeah, his
6: and he's inspired. really
9: like one of the think, most. I don't think Steve gets enough credit of
0: the hobby. Steve's huge influence.
1: He just finished that weird looking modern Russian vehicle on Facebook, I believe. I thought
0: I didn't see that. I, I didn't did. see that
1: seventy second scale.
0: That's yeah. my problem today is I can't see everybody's. There's so many different avenues. Uh, I do miss like there was one. It was all on Missing Links, and that's where you go. Like I just like that. I miss yeah. That. I, know, I remember that. I can't keep pace with all you guys sometimes.
10: Same here, Mike. Mm-hmm.
9: But, you know, then the unfortunate thing happened and even Missing Links was infested with trolls and, you yeah. know, people who get really nasty.
10: The Back and forth. Well,
0: Brett also has a pretty, um, you know, Brett's management style is was very different to the earlier days too in the way Brett runs the show and everything.
9: You know, I think it was when... This one guy really, like, verbally attacked uh, Mirko Bayerl uh, mm. for some real totally mellow critique about something. And that was the moment when I was like, okay, it's time to get out of here.
5: I mean,
1: that
10: happens daily on Facebook, sadly. I mean, yeah. You know, if critiques are done properly, I enjoy them. I mean, because you're gonna get a lot of compliments from the people around you in the community that you used to hanging out with. But when you get an honest, well done critique and you look at it like, uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Maybe I should have," and you learn. You know, I I I'll never forget the person's name who do that. You know.
9: Yeah, and I mean, you don't need to really like if someone critiques something on your model and tells you like you can still easily fix it. I mean, you don't have to, but it's sort of sticks in your mind and you're pay attention to that the next time.
10: Yeah, was, uh, I put a Tiger one up. This is I don't know, ten years ago. And it's probably and it was a personal favorite for me. Someone came up it's French three
0: tone one, Adam? The three colors?
10: It was a winter one. It was um it was a Tiger One and uh, I forget that it was a French model. I forget Xavier, I think his name was. he Xavier Leonard, does that sound right? No. He said, Wilder, why don't you have some of the tools broken or missing or something? Because you get so much damage on the fenders and all the impacts. And I went and took his advice. And I think it really added to the overall character of the model when I actually, because I put it up assembled and unpainted. He brought that up. So I went and did it. And uh, yeah, the finished one I had broken shovels on there from the impacts, tools missing. I think it really just helped, and he really helped me with that. You know, it was just it was a quick two sentence post that made a big difference for me.
9: I just remembered how Adam got absolutely roasted on a Russian modeling forum. <laughs>
10: oh, did I? Tell me about it.
9: <laughs> uh, you posted your IS 3. This Jesus, is the shit I, I, I want to hear. I'm, I'm yeah, still mentioning the IS 3 today. And it was how on, Russian... on
10: a Russian? How do you read Russian? or can you? No, actually?
9: no, 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 no. no. Uh, well, I can read the letters, but it takes me a while. Yeah, you know, I know to the letters, one, but. One but yeah. no it was all in english and i think it was the dot web page or something like that and uh-huh. you posted the is3 all finished up and everything and you know there were compliments and then suddenly some guy comes in and tells you if this tank was ever like this the crew would be put in court martial and sent to gulag well, what about
10: <laughs> you know? those
9: t-34 crews right <laughs>
10: yeah, also.
9: imitating a, imitating a German tank with all the screen armor Thorn and everything. and all <laughs>
10: stuff. Yes,
9: and you know, you know, this is interesting because this is a kind of a running thing in these in our Slavic con- countries. Like uh, armor never can never get so damaged or rusty because the crew would be sent to gulag or shot on spot for whatever yeah, but reason. fun,
10: Sat Martin. Exactly. No well, fun that's it's really Not fun it's getting shot or easy. sent to
9: gulag. <laughs>
3: yeah well let's uh let's talk about what's new for each one of you things that you're working on that you want to talk about maybe mike maybe uh start out with what you're up to and and what you're going to be working on in the next little while
0: Uh, i gotta figure out what i'm doing for tomorrow's stream guys (laughs) 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 i've got like i gotta post the promo the promo and all sorts of shit i got stuff to do so i have no idea what i'm doing Uh, It's a mix of because the live streams have been happening, and um, I've got some train stuff here. I've got some Gundams. I was painting uh, into the late hours last night a Gundam model, um, and then did the the four-hour chipping stream. That was a bit of a thing.
10: Michael, can I ask you a question about all that, please? Yes, sir. How do you, what do you advertise that like on sort of like a, a Facebook page or do you advertise it on uh, Instagram? And- so I'm using
0: um, StreamYard and it's a software, it's a paid monthly service. And it, it's, a, it's a relatively easy software that is designed for streaming. Mm-hmm. And basically you have your, I've got the face camera, this one, and then I use my cell phone as my hand camera. And it allows you to put two windows on the monitor and then you can talk to your people and it feeds it into the Internet. And then there's it's a live interaction chat software. Yeah. And then that feeds into YouTube.
10: So people come and go as the hours go on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then you you have to have like a all all they need is a YouTube account so they can come in and, and just like face. It works all kind of the same. Yeah. It's just it all pumps through YouTube. As, as a live feed as like a television show almost
10: well aren't you constantly and again it's just curiosity aren't you constantly adjusting the camera as you as you go along
0: no're they're, they're set now like so like I don't know if you can see me but this little dude here yep. uh, is right here and then I've got the mic and then just like you guys do uh, and then I have just uh, I'm a little this guy I put my my iPhone and it's on its own little stand and it's right over my hands
10: and the quality of that iPhone is good enough huh
0: yeah it's a 12 so that's what i talk about on the um uh, with cameras and, and what we're talking about here is I'm on a hyper budget because I'm putting all my money into printing books right now. Mm-hmm. Like I can't go buy another camera for the purpose of like filming me right now. So I have to kind of like, well, how do I how do I do this? You know? Mm-hmm. And it's true, Adam. It was, it was a lot of work to figure out the nuances of like webcamming. Like, you know, a cam show is different than editing a video thing because you can just film yourself and then post-production edit and all this. No, no, you have to figure out how to turn this guy... This camera here yes. into that whole thing of being a live feed. So there's a there's an app called Epoch Cam, and I'll you know we'll, you can talk you can ask me later. I'll give you all that. Yeah, sure. But it turns the phone and the twelve shoots 1080p. It even shoots 4k if you wanted to. So it's a great phone. You know, the video part is really nice. So it does a pretty good job actually.
10: God, I'm, did, I'm more
0: impressed with than I thought.
10: Yeah, if I did something like that, I wouldn't see how messy my desk is.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's, I, I posted it and it's after I did a four hour stream the other night and I posted foot. it just like blew it. Like I'm a really neat, tidy guy and this it just blew the whole oh, nah desk. Me. A mess. Yeah. So it's, but yeah, no, I, I actually really like it. So I'm enjoying Thanks, it. My, um, the it live streams for me or, you know, to, to your question, uh, Scott was obviously the, the books that I've talked about, you know, for the last couple of years are all hopefully be printing this year. So it's getting that done. And then, uh, you know, kind of taking a bit of, of, of night shifts popularity, and I'm gonna try to squeeze him to, to to grow my channel, and you know, buy his his subscribers, so they come over and hang out on my channel instead, uh, and that way I get big and popular and famous, and that's my. Yeah, goal already I already
9: gave you like out. 900 subscribers. When you I did actually. I photo. saw that
7: pop. Like
0: somebody put up a link somewhere, <laughs> a break. and I didn't know who it was. You know, nobody said anything to me, and so I could see the subscription bump. Like you can see your subs go up, and like I knew somebody promoted something, and I was. I didn't realize it was you until you probably came into stream that one time, and
9: I wasn't. No, aware I didn't of talk problems. about it. That was just.
10: And it's funny because when I, I would tell when certain items would start selling a lot before I left my company, I'm like, "Yeah, Martin just dropped another video." Blah blah blah. Probably. No, <laughs> <laughs> well, That's how I could tell.
0: Well, that's what I. I mean, Scott, you know, what am I? What a one like? This is the thing. So it's like, okay, it's 2021. What are we doing? You know, I've always talked about this a little bit where I'm solution based. Okay, so what's my goals right now? Is just growth. It's it's growth of the company. So I have the financial resources to employ guys like Martin and Adam because I'd like to do, and I've talked about this like with Lester and Mario and like take the SM series and just give them their own book and just let them go and do a project and I'll just handle the editing and, and all the, the print stuff and then grow the company that way. So those guys are doing their thing and then I'm doing my thing over here and then there's RSP growth for five to 10 years because legitimately this is a business, this is my career, it pays all the bills I have to be honest to that and, and just transparent, it's like this is what I'm doing. so. That's, that's, so that's what I'm, but I'm also, as a lot of you guys know now is, you know, my interests obviously are outside of armor as well. So I'm, I'm also incorporating, I spent a lot of time uh, with, I, so the reason Adam that I chose live streaming, I was stressing over kind of doing the edited content because I had never really videoed myself and by myself, how do I do this? What, you know, how do you film yourself doing all sorts of shit? I'm obviously used to print photography and I'm like, okay. But then I get hung up in the brand image and the style. And I want it to be the RSP way with the white backgrounds and da-da-da. Well, video in white background just doesn't kind of work unless you have tons of really good equipment and it's bullshit. So I'm like, shit, this isn't working. And Scott and I, we've did with the podcast, we've talked about this. And it was just kind of, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the live stream to me, the Gundam guys, the kids over there, they do live streaming all day long. This is what they do all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, basically this podcast where we can all see each other, uh, that whole thing. But even though it's going to be a, a, a verbal thing, uh, an audio podcast, is is the Gundam world. That's This is how they do things almost all the time. I was on one last night for a bunch of like 10 guys on stream. Wow. We're just bullshit and having a good time and it building models. Fun. and fun, yeah. It is. It's, you can tell. I mean, I think Martin came in and we had a great time. I mean, it was a shame we couldn't, you know, mess around a little bit more, but I had to get serious for me.
9: <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> when, I, when I joined Mike's uh, live stream, it was just... You know, everyone was asking legit questions. I was uh, questions. I was just bullshitting around in the chat because I, I was super happy <laughs> Martin, Martin that was high they, on drugs, you know, you know, painkillers. I was just just trolling and stuff because that was the day when they gave me a full cast and a huge burden fell off my. You know, uh, what's the word? Arms? No, shoulders. Chest. Chest. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. All of that. All of those things. Because you know, I I was there was a chance i would get the the compartment syndrome when my skin would start falling apart and mm-hmm. but luckily everything everything turned out to be good and i had the full full cast and everything was just perfect and then suddenly i went to i was go i was about to go to bed and i suddenly saw that mike is live streaming okay i need to go there and just say hi and what's up and, yeah, that was great. and then it was it was just it was a good time and i was just you know joking with people and I feel kind of bad if I wasn't hijacking the chat too much, but I think it was okay,
0: yeah, yeah, it was perfectly fine
9: and that's what I'm trying to get a lot we talked about this for a second was
0: trying to get the armor modeling world of the core older guys aren't familiar with any of this kind of like tech stuff, so it was it is a little bit of the learning curve for them that okay, this is what's happening, so uh, it's fun in the sense of just trying to you know do it differently, a little bit, a little bit more you know authentic, if you will, the more raw side of life. You know, airbrushing on camera live. <laughs> I'm waiting for it to when it all goes wrong. I'm, I'm just waiting for the moment when that you know, boom.
10: Whoosh. Yeah, but Mike, don't you think that happens to everybody? I've I've done that at demos. At oh yeah, Trills. oh I yeah. Screwed well, everything. Up. Is, I've made all the mistakes.
3: <laughs> you dealt. You dealt with the Russian hackers on your first video pretty no, well. I
0: I, I, watched, I wasn't even looking at the stream. I was, my head was down painting, and for the longest time, the dude, the kid was just talking to shit.
9: Oh, Jesus. Uh I I'm just thinking uh Triple P boys can I also ask a question to these two guest Absolutely. gentlemen? Yeah. yeah uh, I was going to ask this Mike in your live stream but it will it will be kind of a long question but turns out it's not so long after all. So you Mike and Adam there's a lot of obviously a lot of beginners uh, watching Mike's live stream or for example watching my videos and people are uh, asking all this, all the time like which techniques would you recommend to a complete beginner? Because I've been always thinking, like, if you're a complete beginner, I mean, sure, do your own thing. But personally, I think there's no point in trying to emulate every single technique like chipping, mud effects, rust you tones, to you know, you stowage. So uh, I always thought that for a beginner, it's, it would be more satisfying to just lay down a really nice, smooth base coat, single color, and just apply a pin wash. And that's... Much more satisfying, at least to me, than a completely you know botched model when you where you try to do everything. So, what what is your take on this?
10: Well, in the book, I said the same thing. Um, There are a lot of people who just build models, paint them, throw the camo on, do the pin washes, and if it's all done well, the the beautiful looking models. I think that you might want to just start with those basics and build on it at your own pace. And as you go model through model add something, do a little weathering, maybe do a little chipping and, and just, so it's just going a
0: pace that works for you. Yeah. I get a lot of emails with that too. <laughs> They're like, yeah, I, I, what I get, Martin, you know what I get a lot of is, uh, yeah, I just returned to the hobby after 40 years. Oh yeah. He's dropping like a thousand dollars on kits and stuff and all sorts of crap. And I'm like, dude, no, 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 no. Go spend like 20 bucks on a Tamiya 48 scale kit. Literally just build it, snap it up, glue it together, whatever. And just like, just, paint it, just get, get comfortable with like, and it's the same thing that, that Martin's talking about. Is like, I try to constantly advise these guys. Like it's, and it's, and it is very much the older men's syndrome of, I want to be like amazingly good immediately. You know, I'm like, no, dude, that's not how it
9: works. Like, yeah, because you know, you have, you have, you have all Next the uh, disposable money and you just want to buy everything. So you're ready for the hobby. But I mean, that's cool, but it doesn't guarantee success immediately. It's a lot of. It's, no, I had, it's I had a customer. I had a customer in Florida. Yeah, sorry, I had to quit.
10: No, I'm sorry. It's just a lot of it's like it's just practice, practice,
0: practice, practice. Yeah, yeah. I treat it like sports. I always talk about that analogy. this is very much like athletics, where you're, you know, if you're gonna if you're just kicking a soccer ball, it's the same thing. If you want to get good at a pin wash, dude, you have to do it a thousand times. Like just, just do it. Keep going. Keep going.
9: Repetition, repetition, mm-hmm. like math. Exactly. Uh, I always draw parallels to mountain biking. Like you can't go and send a Twenty feet drop, uh, gap jump, or something. If you just if you don't know how to how to ride off a curb, but then again, in modeling, you are not risking breaking your bones or anything. Luck to be, <laughs> to be flown out in helicopter, so fall off the
0: chair, you know? <laughs> flown out
9: in a potato center. Maybe maybe get drunk and just pass
0: out.
6: You, you
9: your head. Ask Martin how he knows. <laughs> oh, how would I know? I'm the I'm the guy who never crashes, and when I do, it, it's serious. You do it with style. <laughs> Totally, and Grace. Free helicopter ride out of the, the woods. I, th-
1: I think you guys all just hit on something very important that a lot of modelers, I think, don't really understand is the level of detail and the time committed to perfecting your craft. Like you said, it's not like you just woke up and it kind of happened. It's, you know, countless repetition. I did. <laughs> you just piss excellence.
6: Yeah, speak for yourself.
1: <laughs> well, shit. I mean, Excellent.
0: TJ's building. That's a bumper sticker.
1: If TJ, if practicing is makes you perfect, TJ is going to reach perfection here in about three weeks when he finishes the twentieth. We, no. we crank shit
0: out so fast, I'm like, dude! You just literally pull the kid out like a, yesterday. What's
7: the god, oh, dude? Yeah, it's an illusion. And he has a family too. That's the crazy part. No, I know. That's that's the key. You just ignore him. Yeah.
1: That's why you got the wall up there.
7: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in, in the
3: spirit of Martin's question, Adam and Mike, do you guys want to ask the other two a question as well? Why
0: don't you go next, Mike? I was going to ask you, Adam. Like, what where are you? Because this is this is obviously where you're in a transition phase, and 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 I always find transition phases for us are as humans, or as, especially as we get adults and career wise, like I you know, like you said, you're teaching again full time, and, and 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 where you're going to go. Like, what do you see yourself doing with the modeling? uh, on some sort of professional, like you just kind of uh, going back to contributor base, or do you think you're going to enter into some new idea where you maybe re-enter, you know, the whole world of a professional, you know, put your name on the door kind of conversation again, like, do you have any plans or not? And if you can't talk about it's cool too, but just, you know, that's my question. I'll
10: give you an honest answer. I can't answer it. I really can't answer it right now. The added time I have, um, I've just been modeling a lot more and having fun with that. Um, you know, I've thought about the YouTube stuff, but again, it's, it would take what limited time I already have, you know, to go along with the filming, the editing. It's just, Mike, I honestly don't know. And I'm not, yeah, yeah, i yeah. no, honest, right. I'm not too worried about it. I, I'm sorry I don't have a more exciting
0: answer for you. <laughs> I think that's a good answer, honestly. You, Thank you. you. You're, that means you that means you're happy. That means you're at least calm about it. Like it's not, you know, like you're you're in a, you're in a good spot. So yeah, that's the way I understood it. it. Yeah.
1: So before we started recording, we kind of talked back and forth about cheating in a sense of, you know, not painting the underneath your model or, you know, not covering up the sponsors. Can we, can we just acknowledge something? You know, if we could go through each of you and just talk about something that might surprise your listeners, your, your, the people that read your stuff and, and watch it, you know, maybe something that you do that they would be aghast by. Maybe we'll start with you, Martin.
9: That's kind of hard to answer because honestly, I, you know, I, I go all out every time in every video, I pretty much show everything. And I actually started withering the undersides of models simply because I used that uh, electric turntable or whatever it's called at the end of, and started in end of the video and it's a mirror surface. So it shows the underside. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and I mean, it, it, Pro so tip: it Don't takes use minutes. the mirror. Turn <laughs> but honestly, it just takes a while. You know, you you can be totally heavy-handed on the underside, and it's fine. And it takes like what five minutes while you're working on the rest of on the rest of the lower hall, So it's not not such a big deal. And I don't know. I honestly have nothing. I do everything perfectly.
6: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's why you have 15 million views. <laughs> <laughs>
9: Is it really that much? Last yeah. time I checked, it was like twelve or eleven.
0: It starts to exponentially grow. I think that's what what you see now is your numbers get so big that the exponential growth factor is huge. It's like wealth. It's a little bit like money, where you it, st- once you have it doesn't like doesn't really. High it, actually, level, it
9: actually doesn't. You know, it usually stays. It, it, it grows very slowly. Like if we're talking like daily or hourly views on the on the whole channel grows really slowly but that also might be my fault because i'm not really trying to cheat the algorithm or whatever yeah. you know if you know you have been watching if... a
0: lot of algorithm videos now because Instagram's changing and youtube's changing and, and tiktok competition and trying to learn about all that stuff honestly just
9: one pro tip that i don't follow if you want to have a youtube channel and just clock in uh, average a million views a video just start making huge dioramas you know in 170 second scale make them like half by half meter, include, I don't know, four vehicles, 20 figures which you just stipple with a sponge, and you're going to be no, good. No, I've
10: seen that, Martin. Honestly, seen, no, I, mean, I, know, I mean I've it. seen stuff up there that's just no more than average.
2: In yes, But it's huge, and that's what is, what's huge. attractive.
1: And you see that transferred over to Facebook, Martin. I haven't seen your videos yet, but I've seen some pilfered from YouTube, like Laser Creation World, Plasmo, and like DIY Crafts grabs it like snips it up, makes it three to four minutes long, puts it on Facebook. And I feel like they're getting like four to five million views on these, you know, these pirated. They're essentially pirated
9: videos. They're stealing the content. Yeah. yeah. And, and, content, and yeah. It's, so it's, it's, because, it's because Facebook is counting the first after the first two seconds, it's counting as a full view. And that's usually enough when you're scrolling on your phone and you're not even watching it, but you you give them a view. So that's why most Facebook videos have 1 million plus views. Social media is always really, a
2: yeah. literally what it
0: is. Just literally just companies lying. It's like, okay.
1: I have a question. It maybe goes towards the positive side of social media. It, and it's, if you look back five, 10 years ago, looking today and seeing the amount of views you're getting, the amount of interactions, and that constant narrative the hobby is dying, you know, how, how,
0: who says exactly, that exactly? I don't, I don't see that at all. Uh, oh, this hobby's blowing up, by the way.
10: No, I, I, they've been saying that for like 15, 16 years now, and yeah. I have anything, it's bigger than it's ever been. Exactly. C- can you f- like fathom, like Martin, you
1: just said it yourself? Is it up to 15 million views? Could you have ever seen that looking back even a year or two?
9: I don't know. Honestly, when I was starting, starting the channel, I, my goal was to reach 1,000 subscribers in. A year I think or two years I, I I didn't know anything about YouTube you know how much money does it, uh, does a video make you how much do you get paid for 1000 monetized views if it's important to have subscribers or views or watch time or I, I didn't have any expectations honestly when suddenly it slightly started taking off and it started making some money I was happy with that you know I would be happy with doing that. With the revenue I was getting year on year one, you know, it was sort of just side money, you know, sort of po- uh, spare, not not spare change, but, you know, like pocket money. Even that was fine, you know. And it's really, it's so unpredictable, you know. You can, you can either go the professional, so to say, YouTuber route and start just chasing views. And for example, if you reach some audience, just give up on your schedule and upload a video a month which is 40 minutes long, and it will guarantee you at least half a million views, if not even more. Or you can just, you know, be uh, grateful to your audience and deliver what you promised from the very beginning, you know? So, I don't know. I mean, that amount of views is really nice. But, you know, there are are modeling and hobby channels who get that in a month. Those fake uh, toy car restoration channels? Jesus Christ. (laughs) I (laughs) never <laughs> Dude. No, but they're making basically they doing they're doing reverse weathering. So they fake weather toy car off camera, and they, they then they quote unquote res, restore it. You know, and I've never it's even super seen fake. It's super annoying. It pisses oh, me off. No, no, I'm not jealous about the views. Well, maybe a little, but the fakeness <laughs> of that and people commenting like this is so satisfying. Oh, no, what's so, i mean i mean okay what's so satisfying about being lied to you know and it's it's it, sometimes it's so obvious like there was a like there was this 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 brand new car model which was released like a month ago and he was restoring it like it was being it has been buried underground for 15 years
10: martin these car models are they like actually like 48 scale like plastic Models like we do, or
9: no, there are th- those metal models which you can buy in, in, on a, ga- in a gas station. Oh, yeah. Can
10: you send me a link to one of those? Because i no, never you don't
9: want them. to see
0: that. Right. Well, no, <laughs> no, I want to hear what you're all upset about. <laughs> you, you, you piqued his curiosity.
1: So, this kind of goes on the lines of you know, piracy, and as, as I mentioned, taking videos, put them on Facebook, but it can also apply to print as well. And, Mike, that maybe you've experienced that, maybe that's why you keep oh, yeah, yours still
0: you know, hard copy, because as soon as you- it's the reason I don't do PDFs, yeah, it's the main reason the, the Chinese and Russians in particular, uh, there's websites that are already all the stuff's up there for years now, uh, you can go as particularly in China, uh, and my Chinese dealer will send me every now and then just a heads up, like, hey, you know, here, here's, here's, you know, tank art two for $2 on a PDF, and then I'm selling the hard copy here for the, you know, the real price, the, our agreement is and it's just the law on that land and that's what they can get away with. And I can't do anything about it. So, and I, that's one of the big hesitations was um, I think it's DRM security for PDFs in particular, which is the, the higher level of protection for a PDF. Like how do you sell it? And then, you know, how do you buy, I just, my, my gut's telling me the moment I do that, all the books are done, you know? So I've just been hesitant. I I think for that world and, and, and to the YouTube conversation and to social media, I'm, OK, giving away free stuff. Totally fine with that. And I think that the idea here for me in particular as being a, a product manufacturer, if you will, just provide all the free stuff or the low cost stuff. is just kind of its own thing. Don't try to take what I do for the, the big stuff and break it up and sell it. Like just make something for that. Like the stream content is stream content. And then the PDF stuff will be PDFs. I just haven't actually got to it yet, but that's kind of how I'm approaching piracy from my uh, RSP side. You know from that it's a very real thing and and I learned this Adam uh, and you know Harry quite well, and it would you actually you probably actually know the conversation and we're part of it where in i was in the I was in the Clifton at euro uh having breakfast, and Harry always stayed in the same hotel Harry Sheen, yeah his wife or, and and then we would have breakfast and in, in the main thing, and he and we were talking about you know Harry you'd lean over and you know how Harry is and he'd lean over and kind of nudge and give you an idea well, yes, I do. You know. <laughs> and Adam, you know him really well. And so he nudged me and he said, you know, you should really be doing DVDs and stuff or no, I actually nudged him. I think it was opposite. I said, Hey, how are your DVDs going? This is back in the day when you, you guys were doing your first initial ones. And he, and he said, he told me specifically, and I remember this at the, at the breakfast tables inside the Clifton there. And he goes, um, the first video it took them six months to pirate the DVD in the second DVD, it took them six weeks. And then the third DVD, they had it, they had it pirated within that week. And he said that's that's what he told me, and I said, "Yeah, I'm not doing DVDs, so that's what I learned about all that it's it's that's how those countries are well, socially.
10: we did the photowatch DVD mm-hmm. the guy I worked with he told me that uh he heard from a uh he heard from another modeler that he went into the hobby shop, and that guy who owned the hobby shop had somehow made copies of that disc and was selling for two the equivalent of two dollars a piece and, and uh you know that you know that we were dealing with the same thing. I agree with you. It can be really discouraging, and it can be very infuriating at times because you know, even like a hobby shop like that, you think that they're they're making money off new products that people come up with for them to sell, but then to turn around and undercut us like that, where where it's hurting our income. How can we stay around to give them new products? And that we just we just couldn't. It just blew both our mind. Why you know that they would be doing that?
0: Humans are the worst.
3: People are just humans are the worst (laughs) if there's a profit to be made. Yeah,
0: humans are the worst. Mm. Yeah,
3: I wanted to ask each one of you guys are great teachers, great communicators. It's one of the things that I think makes you and, and your work stand apart. Maybe start with you, Adam. Do you guys, where does that motivation come from? I know you teach as well outside of the hobby, but is there, do you feel a responsibility to help mentor? young people? Or is it just something that you enjoy sharing your hobby? Where's that inspiration or that motivation to teach come from?
10: Definitely the latter. I think that this hobby is something enough that it's something that I've been lucky enough where I'm pretty good at it. And like we said during the first podcast I did with you, that if people are interested and if, they, if they're if they taking the time to ask me questions, for the most part, you know, I feel I owe them an answer and I, and I appreciate that I have something that I'm that good at. I think just what's motivated me over the years is trying to find a subject that's that's new to me. How can I finish this in a way where it looks um, it looks different for me? And that's exciting for me to do. Like that's why I don't do a lot of tiger tanks. And the one that I did, I felt it was original enough to do. I think like um, when I first got into this, like when I first started doing this professionally, I was at Make Productions. You know, that's what I would do the first part of every night. You know, when I got home from work, I was just answering personal emails or questions. And I try, I just, the biggest thing is if someone would send me an email that's two, three paragraphs long, I was immediately discouraged because I, like, I just don't have time to get into these long conversations because I have my own personal, my personal time is limited. Uh, if they If people would ask me questions and keep it one, two sentences, three to the point. You know that's much easier for me to answer, you know, like I got a lot of people now asking me questions, "Where can I get your books? Where can I get your books? I mean um they're out of print, and I don't know i I think what I'm just gonna have to do is write something on a Word document, save it on my computer, and just cut and paste every time right <laughs> you know it's like, well, contact these people, see if they might print them again. I've had people like, you know what color did you use to paint this?" that Panther F you did with the color modulation. Well, I use a whole bunch of colors on it. And that's a hard question for me to answer. And I'll just write, well, I use these five Tamaya colors or these five AK colors. And, you know, you you just got to have to mix them where it feels comfortable for you. Um, I hope I answered your question.
3: Yeah, I think so. You know, Martin, same question to you, you know, Uh, where do you think that drive to teach and share what you do with other people comes from?
9: No, honestly, when I when I started the channel, I so, I was in this sort of uh mindset that I'm trying to teach people something. Because that's what what we tend to do in magazines. Like you're you're tell you're you're explaining what you're doing and teaching the reader, right? But then I don't know when it happened, but suddenly it wasn't just to make myself look better. It actually was my own A change of view on the thing. I sort of stopped telling people what to do or how it's supposed to be done, but rather just sharing what I'm doing, you know, and if it went well, if it didn't go so well, you know, and just taking them along on the ride, so to say. So for me, it's no longer about really teaching. It's just showing the journey, you know, Oh look guys, I tried this and it looks pretty good. You know, I'm I think I'm gonna be doing it in the future. I feel like somebody's gotta along. cue
0: some guitar music while Martin's talking about this. You know, some feel good music.
9: <laughs> so
0: come along on my journey. <laughs> it's just a journey. So
9: sorry. Yeah, I think that answers the question. I'm not I'm not really trying to teach anyone anything, you know. Because, because, because you know, you know, there's one thing. Again, I'm gonna uh, bridge the topic to mountain biking. But when you have professional athletes, it doesn't have to be just mountain biking. Any type of sport. You as a hobby biker or sportsman, <laughs> weekend warrior, you see these people as some kinds of gods, right? Because it's their full time full time job. They're getting injured and they're pushing the limits each year. But with modelers, you you never see anyone like that. We're always equals. Just someone is slightly better, or someone is more better. But you know, Adam. Okay, Adam used to be a god for me, but for oh, no, no hard no. feelings, Adam, not anymore. No, I, no, <laughs> <Versus> <laughs> I've buttons, had, I've had know? worse. I've had worse insults. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what I'm trying to say? When we meet at a model show, we're just guys who enjoy what we're doing. You know, and suddenly, if you start, I don't know. Um, Talking about about yourself like I'm a professional modeler artist creator, it it will make people you know slightly cringe inside, you know what I'm saying. So, yeah, we're just regular guys who who are enjoying what we're doing. And someone some you know someone dedicates more time to it, so they get slightly better than others. Someone gets even more better, you know. But at the end of the day, we're we the same type of people. So yeah, I'm just I'm just rambling. So.
10: It's good rambling, Martin. It's
9: good rambling. The, the, drugs are kick, the drugs are kicking in. The painkillers are kicking in. It's good rambling, oh, I, man, I, No, I think it's the, it's the ultimate bone support, which I have here. Uh, obviously, listeners can't see it. but It's <laughs> ultimate. <laughs> ultimate. <laughs> by the way, cool story. This was sent to me by one of my Patreons, by the VMS guy, Chris Obarsky, with a nice, nice uh, feel-good buddy sign. Oh, no, get well soon, buddy. I guess humans aren't so bad after all. Exactly. Something some in for humanity
0: sure. restored, at least for a few minutes. What was the question, Scott? Sorry, what are we talking about? I'm here. What's your motivation for sharing what money. you do? Money, damn it, pay me. <laughs> I want money. I'm here to get rich. F off all of you. I want to get rich. Famous. I want all the girls in cars. Uh, no. <laughs> Just kidding. You wouldn't be a scale modeler. Yeah, was, uh, I think lately uh, for me, uh, to like the journey from, you know, starting this nine years ago and the books and everything. And and I've said this, I think, recently in our, our conversations um, is just embracing the idea of, of what I come from just being kind of, you know, I'm a big fan of like American football. So like just being like the coach, you know, really trying to bring the best out in people and then trying to figure out like where they're at on, because I think what Martin touched on earlier a little bit is you're getting a range of skills coming in now because of the, the way we can interact digitally. Um, so you're going to get the 12, 15-year-old beginner, you're going to get the 40-year-old the dude coming back after 20 years. You're going to get the 67-year-old dude. You So you're going to get a, brain, a range of stuff. Um, and so I've really tried to embrace, you know, being more of a coach, you know, kind of an idea of – because the technique's kind of always been there. The things that we do is we're not really doing a ton of stuff new, new in terms of, like, ideas – you know, because Hairspray came out in 07 now, like it, this isn't nothing, none of this is new or anything. So it's modulation has been around how long, Adam? Like, what, at least a decade? at so, the same time. Yeah. So it's like right now for me and what I'm trying to do, you know, on a professional level uh, with the streams and the books, of course, too, is just really in terms of that teaching is just I've embraced that fully. I don't compete anymore. That's not my goal right now. I, I can in the future. I would like to do something for World Model Expo next year if I can get something fresh and new on the table. I don't know if my schedule will allow for it, but I'm going to try, you know, because I'm going to be there. So but other than that, like my what are my goals? And like I said before, you know, growth of the company stuff, but really is what is the point of my product basis now is really education. It's really embracing that, what my position is in this hobby now, where I'm at with my life and and career and everything like that. And now it's just disseminated. And like when Adam's talking about questions and stuff is trying to be, you know, with with integrity of trying to answer everybody fairly and honestly, I try not to yell at people. You know, some of the shit I get asked to John's question earlier, like what do we do that people blows people away? I would say nine out of 10 questions I get asked is the varnish question. When do you varnish? When do you not varnish? And the whole thing literally is like 90% of everybody asking me, like, I don't see your, you're not using the the clears. And I'm like, dude, I don't tell you, bro. I I just don't, you know, you're here, watch the streams. It's 15, 30 hours, whatever I've done of of live streaming. You don't see, you barely see like any clear coats going down. And so you know, it's it's being the coach of, of, of Martin's perspective of just sharing what I'm doing one to one. There's no bullshit with you know just being honest with the whole thing. And then there's trying to help the varying skill sets come in and go as these guys you know they're, they're what they're trying to achieve and try to help them. I figure if I can help the guys, the biggest reward for me has been uh, on occasion I, I'll get an email every now and then, not in COVID because we haven't had much shows, but before you'd get the guys go, dude, I've never, nobody, I don't even know who he is. You know, you get an email and, you know, Hey, I'd put my stuff down on the table and, you know, I never used to get anything. And then for me, the biggest reward is when they would say, it was like, you know, I read your stuff and whatever. And I got a silver, you know, that whole thing to me, that's what it's about. To me, that's really what, you know, I can pay the bills for sure. But that has been what, what I think is, is embracing that kind of, okay. I realize okay, if I just focus on that, I can do. Okay. I think is kind of where I was going with that.
9: You know, one Mike. One you, Mike no, actually Mike. reminded me about something, and this might be one of the best character arcs in anime ever. Basically, when Mike sent me his ten-card book, he asked me for constructive critique. What I think about the book? I did. Yeah, <laughs> <and> <laughs> no, I was just. Being I was nice. so you know, wrong back <laughs> then because back then I was in university and, and I was studying publishing and editing, and we were always taught that when you are making a tutorial. You need to speak in plural. We are now doing this. We are gonna Uh, paint the model like this. And I critiqued Mike in in the email, like Mike, you are using I too much. You're you're, you're making everything about yourself. It's supposed to be a tutorial, but I was so wrong because because yeah, Mike is in his books, he's sharing his perspective and his reasoning behind what he's doing. He's not making it a universal tutorial.
0: Yeah, I really wanted, uh, I've always said this, I wanted it to be kind of like what this podcast is, like just a bunch of dudes at a bar having a beer talking about what we're talking about in more of a formal sense. But also I had to, I get so many guys writing me, dude, you're you're English in the books and the grammar and, you know, hey, I can proof and edit this stuff for you, whatever. And I'm like, no, no, you're missing the point. And it's like, I have to, not to be defensive, but like, I want to explain that that was kind of, my point of view was always to be this with everybody, really. This is why I like what we're doing (laughs) But That's yeah, I remember that. Now that you mentioned that, Martin, I actually remember that conversation,
9: um, in particular. And you you must have been thinking, thinking like, geez, what an idiot! (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe for like a minute, but you
0: know,
9: who is this (laughs) Martin Red Kovac? (laughs) Whatever, dude, like, go away. I want my book bugging me (laughs) (laughs) again. Can I hijack the podcast for? a little more <laughs> because years Mike, years Mike, Mike touched on not competing. And that's actually something I wanted to talk about for the longest time because, okay, let me give you the backstory, you know, the expanded universe of this, of this anime. Um, so mm-hmm. back in the day, um, I used to do a lot of live demos at our local modeling shows in Slovakia, like pretty much every modeling show they invited me. There were a bunch of other people always making workshops on modeling shows and we always used to also enter the competition. So it was like you t- you showed people what to do and how to do it and then you won I don't know two golds, you know. Suddenly after one show there was this guy this anonymous guy on a modeling form. He was super rude. He was like he was acting like a troll, but god damn it he had a point. He was critiquing like do you guys think it's okay to uh, ma- to have a workshop and also compete? That's like Ronaldo uh, entering a local football match and uh, showing kids how to kick a ball, and then also competing and winning for on the winning team, right? And people were super dismissive about him because, again, he was super rude and everything. But it, it made me think, and I think after after I processed his words, that was the last last time I entered the competition because he really had a point. Because at the end of the day, if you are invited to show people something, that's the that's the golden prize you are getting essentially. On the other hand, again, you can you can't please any everyone. And like Adam said, this is this is typical for smaller countries when people are more vocal and more jealous or, and stuff like that. Basically, basically if you're competing well, and the doing jealousy workshops, happens in the big countries too. Or I, I know, <laughs> but uh, when you're competing, uh, doing workshops, publishing in magazines, people are gonna critique you like okay, you're stealing gold from other people, right? Then you, then, for example, you decide. Okay, they have a point, so you stop. So you stop competing. You just go there, maybe bring a model, but it's out of the comp- competition. And suddenly, there are people saying, "Oh, he thinks he's too good for us." You know, he's not even trying to compete with us anymore. Obviously, you can't please anyone. You can't everyone. win, yeah. But yeah. What, what's your? I, I mean, it's kind of obvious what's your stance on this, right? You, you both are not competing anymore. But could you elaborate? Maybe share some of your own. Uh, cringeworthy experiences with... uh, Is Martin launching his own podcast? I'm sorry, I missed that
10: (laughs) part. Yeah, go ahead. As um, as far as competing, I haven't done it in a while either. I've done pretty well at some of the the European shows, and some of those shows have the reputation of being the most competitive. And I just felt, whereas I did well there, you know, give the, the new people coming in a chance to compete, get some awards, and get more confident. It took me. Let me think. It t- probably took me about. It probably took me about two years of going to a lot of the local shows and shows around New England, you know, Maine, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, until I finally, got, I finally got like a bronze medal at some IPMS show. Ever since, and since then, uh, getting medals wasn't too difficult in the wards. But um, after a while, I don't. I feel one where I do it professionally. Maybe it's a bit unfair. Now I was I was entering at Euro, and by then I was working in Spain. So, but as of now, I, I, I don't even really have the ambition to go to shows anymore. I like to take that, again, take that spare time and just and do stuff that I can put up on the web, photograph and put on the web. I, I, there was a local show here recently uh, last year that I've been going to since I was very young and, and I, I didn't go. I just stayed home and did modeling that day and as far as competing, I don't. I just don't see what winning awards at this stage would do for me personally. I'm, I'm more happy just photographing. Hey, how about this? If I could just get some new photograph and put it up, that makes me happy.
7: Really, that's all. <laughs> that makes me happy yeah, too. More than Going to
10: a show or anything, Amen. and most Amen. more people are gonna see it, and, and that's that's. I mean, I don't mind. Like a lot of people ask me to judge online stuff, online contests. I judge all this stuff all the time, and I don't mind that. That that's fine. You know, judging sure, I'll do that. But as far as entering, I just it's not. I guess it's just simply not that interesting to me anymore. I did. You know, I I would go give in my younger days. Sure, I would go give seminars. And uh, the one you were talking about earlier was it? Who was it? Was it you that said you uh, the judge there didn't like my work or something? Oh, they were just hating uh, on it. Yeah, I did. Do, I did enter that show and I did give a seminar at that show. I think that was my first big seminar out of out of New England. That I got invited to. Boy, was I nervous!
6: <laughs>
0: yeah, the nerve. I was going to say to Mose in 2017, dude. I had, I don't think I'd been around for a while. Maybe a year or so, two years. I don't think I'd been at a show. I'd skipped a year of travel. I think in between 2016, uh, is when I was trying to print in China and things were starting to unwind for me, business wise. And I was like, oh shit! And then. I went to Mose and Gergo had convinced me and, you know, helped me get to the show and everything and made sure I was, you know, because you go to Cold War, Hungary and you, you just there's no English. There's just nothing like you, you can travel through most of Europe uh, with broken English pretty well. But Hungary was the radical the exposure to. Yeah, no. But I remember sitting at the seminar table. We're getting ready and they're all helping me out and they're getting the camera set up and stuff. And the room just started to fill up. I mean, just filled up. It was like, uh, I don't know, maybe pushing a hundred guys crowd in this little room. And it was just like, I just looked up and it was like all these eyeballs staring at me. And I just like froze. I'm like, oh shit. I got like really nervous. I was like, oh crap. And you kind of fumble around for the first 20 minutes just trying to. And that's why I do the streams the way I do. Because I have to fumble around for 20 minutes just to get the brain to get in the point of where I could do a demo and show what we need to show. So, but yeah, competing uh, to Martin's question and everything. Uh, I think personally for me, my journey was uh, again, you know, missing link has always been kind of that, the, the, the core base. And it was seeing everybody, you know, everybody we're talking about peril of Lund, Marin, McGill's, Miguel, everybody, Adam, everybody, you know, Dave Parker, you know, all this stuff was going on. And so, you know, Spud and everybody else. And it was, it was getting in, you know, Darren Thompson, it kept Smith, Martin Smith, these guys. Um, and it was getting over there and then, okay, well, you have this kind of separation because of online. We don't really know each other. So when you go, you know, to represent and and to show up and and even being an American in Europe uh, was something where I was like, I got to, you know, I've got to, as we say today, we got to flex, you know, and that whole thing. So I was like, well, I better compete and I better show up. And these guys aren't going to give me an ounce of respect if I show up with nothing and you can't do that. So it was all about that a little bit in the beginning. A lot of that kind of male ego kind of like, you know, and you get the respect like from the Scandinavians and the Nordic crew and stuff like that when they show up and like you put your model, you brought it over. Cause that's all what they want to see. That's what everybody wants to see. And so you get that out of the way. So there was all that competition part. And then it was, can I prove myself by this? Can I really do this? Can I win a medal at a show that these were the guys I was looking up to uh, and do that? And it took me, I think took me three years to get the goal finally. And then when I got the gold at Euro uh, for, I got, a, I brought like four models that year. And that was, that was like, you know, that was it. And then the, all of that flooded away and I didn't have to do it anymore. And, and it kind of, washed away the, the need to compete that, that, that kind of thing. And I haven't had it really since, to be honest with you guys, like we're, and then also, cause I'm just so focused on other stuff. And then book production work, I would try to like, if you do competition level models for a book, like they don't go together because your books, you know, not that I've been good with the books lately, but just to finish a project for a book at a competition, you're a military type level for a tank. You know, it, it's our, the the D nine, the, the dozer, that was literally almost eight months of painting and weathering, you know, to get that look, to get it down, to get it right. Get it, you can't do that for a book, kind of a conversation. So then I started to back off all of that stuff. Uh, and now, you know, kind of, I guess, you know, what we're talking about, like with the YouTube production schedule, you know, Martin and stuff like that. It's like you, you can't, I believe personally, if I'm going to show up to compete, I'm going to bring my A game. And that's a sign of respect to everybody that's going to be there because I want to compete against my buddies or whatever it is at the highest level possible. I, I want it to be that. I don't want to just throw something down that I know is ninety percent, um, and that's what I did with the Tiger One in the book. When I, I remember when I put it on the table uh, at Euro the the, the, the gray tiger, um, and I went back and redid it, I was like I was super unhappy with myself on a personal like note. And so competition is the thing, man. It's it's a mental. It's as much mental as it is anything else. Because obviously the police are showing up, so I gotta go. But um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys can hear the sirens, but yeah, that's kind of. Um, Competition is a thing. And like I said, if I can do some of the World Model Expo next year in 2022, if that show goes off, okay. Yeah. And all our friends in Belgium and Germany with the floods and stuff, I hope that are cool. But yeah, it's, uh, it's just one bad news story after another with Mother Nature. But yeah, that's kind of competition. It's a thing for sure.
1: Yeah. And I just want to keep on this theme real quick. You know, Martin, I, I think you raise a really good question. And I think it's also important to acknowledge the US competition scene, at least, and again, I haven't attended a show in Europe But it looks completely different because it's really a display of art. And the closest thing we've gotten to that maybe was World Expo in Chicago, where I saw Adam's work on the table and some other fine artists as well, because it was just an incredible experience. I think that is lacking here in America.
10: Do you think maybe we need a show out there that has a reputation of being competitive that will pull in these modelers from around the world?
1: Mike ex- said that exact same
10: thing in the last time we
1: talked to him. That, yeah,
0: it's it's that's what America, that's what the U.S. Uh, in particular, specifically, Adam is. That we're missing that kind of an element where it doesn't have to be even the Nats. Where I even think like maybe it rotates every two or three years because of the travel schedules of, of pulling in Asian and, and European modelers to America. Um, kind of a conversation, you know, if that's a thing, or even you know, guys out of the you know, it's a big it's a big cost expense for everybody. It's not cheap. It's just like us going over there. It's it's just, and it's not it's not getting any cheaper.
10: Well, it's not only the cost. It's it's not only the cost, Michael. It's the time.
0: Yeah, these it's it's a big deal. So,
10: get was asked to travel during like spring break or something when I'm not teaching. That will talk a couple yeah. of days there, a couple of days to get there, a couple of days to get back, and you, my vacation's eaten up. It's I just again. Yeah, probably, I
1: don't have the time to take yeah, an extra week. I stay to home and, and work on and stuff it. here. Hang like you said, you know, yeah.
0: it's hard. Yeah, we don't have that here in North America, really. Like, I'd love to have a show that we were pulling these guys over to come over, like, have everybody show up here. That would be fun. I
10: mean, Amps was doing that back in Habit de Grasse for a while, but. A little well, bit.
1: That was, yeah, like, o one o two 02 timeframe when Douglas Lee was there and uh, Dan, uh, is it Capuano?
10: Dan Quapano. is his Dan, name? Dan I'm Capuano. On yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, super good stuff. There's
0: yeah. a dude that'll throw down a big-ass Yeah, oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Capuano would throw down these mega things. It was, oh, yeah. I oh, it's, those I think it's,
10: got it's got its own, freaking generates its own weather. That's right. Christ. It's got its own zip
2: code. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> he should start a YouTube channel. He would be Guys, getting millions said, of these. He wrote the book, the French dude that did the, the Chateau diorama oh, yeah, yeah, 10 yeah, years, yeah. 15 years ago. Which that thing was, was like the whole, yeah, the whole table.
10: I can't remember that one
9: when you mentioned being competitive on modeling shows and everything did you guys know that modeling used to be a sport during the good old USSR days here hmm. it used to be no. like a sport with strict rules different the levels of judges like qualified judges who had to undergo a hmm. sort of training of sorts every year or so and uh, so they were like level 5 level 2 level 1 judge and you had you had very strict you know, being very limiting rules and guidelines on what you can actually enter into the competition. So you so you had to have everything backed up with references. The first one being the construction manual from the kit, because that was sort of proof of what kit you actually built, was the brand and everything. Uh, kind of silly, in my opinion. Yeah. Then you, for example, had a standard kit category where you could, for example, with airplanes, you, for example, couldn't open the engine bay or gun base or something. You could, for example, uh, position the flaps and so, but you couldn't open anything except the cockpit and uh, the running gear, landing gear. Okay. And then you had some other category, I don't know, super kid or whatever, where you could go all in, you know, with wires, no aftermarket, because back then there was no aftermarket. People were casting details from plaster and so on. Yeah, it was super restrictive, and people, those veterans, they tend to say, like, Jeep from Tamiya was the best competitive model out there. The good old Jeep from Tamiya, you know? And the judging, it would take, like, four or six hours, and it was a two-day event, and I don't know, I think from my perspective, I, I never experienced something like that. It's it's just crazy. Like the, the judging system you see in Mawson's show, for example, that super watered down version of that. That's like uh, making five cups of tea from one uh, tea bag. Some people, they are still trying to revive this system here because I, I understand on one hand, they say is the most objective way of judging models, right? But on the other hand... Would you guys care about something like that? I personally wouldn't like at all a little time it
10: sounds a little timely
9: exactly <laughs> and and restrictive you know Adam yeah. for example, some Adam wilder would never win win anything because he's just building paper panzers, no references for that <laughs> except for the instruction sheet, yeah, yeah, they would struggle with the what if categories wouldn't they Yep. no, no sponsors yeah that's the other thing the yeah. judges they would touch the model turn it around no. measure measure the geometry i think one of those guys is working at the airport in uh turkey right <laughs>
10: now
1: <laughs> <laughs> you, you still have that in the u.s where some judges they just have they just want to touch it and it's like god damn it
10: yeah yeah grow up don't do that bad that's bad <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was a uh, little story. I was at a show, it was a local show, and somebody took photographs of the judges picking up models and posts on hyperscale. Ooh, that was uh, that was quite the that was good drama back in the day. Network fifty four, yeah, contentious to <laughs> say the least.
9: I mean, it tends to happen to this day. Like they touch a model, they leave a fingerprint in the pigments. That's why I don't use pigments. Another Break reason: something. stay away from pigments, kids. <laughs> <laughs> and or i don't know break in an antenna or I've, I've an a, had a machine gun whatever or sometimes they would just pick up the model and would just flip over fall on the on the table and you were actually signing up for when you were entering the show like you're ta- you're uh, acknowledging the risk of that happening
6: you know,
0: flying with TSA, you know, they open the case up when you're going through the belt thing and they're like, oh, what's this? I
6: haven't <laughs> yeah, put it on the table
10: uh, yet. You know, there was something I put on the table too when I left to get like a drink of water or do whatever. And I came back and some guy came up and started talking to me and I someone I'd never met before and he seemed like he was happy to meet me. And as he started asking, he had some question. I looked over on the table and someone had broken something off one of mine. And I interrupted him and started cussing and saying, oh, my God, blah, blah, blah. And I, I'm sure I made a real good impression on this guy here <laughs> for the first freaking time. I forget. where. I think that was Zero Military, actually.
0: You think everybody would know by now not to touch her shit? <laughs> I mean, it, it should be in the rules
10: or something. Well, they usually they put up signs on the table depending upon the show. You know, Don't touch the models, you know?
9: Yeah, or in Maus Show, you can actually say you know, on, uh, tell them on the label if the model is glued to the base or not.
10: Oh, yes. Yeah. So that, yeah.
9: That's pretty cool.
10: But I remember, yeah, I Adam, when you were show. in Slovakia <laughs> and
9: you were moving from the demo room to the showroom or the competition room, and you were just going to put your models on the table so people yeah. can see them. And you asked me to help you bring them over, right? I, and I got I a think photo of that. Exactly. And you told me that I should bring the Gorilla 17 centimeter uh, yeah. gun. And you, you said that, oh, by the way, the gun is broken off. And I, okay, I, I don't want to do anything with that. Give me the bear <laughs> instead.
10: <laughs> no, I got a picture of you carrying that model, too.
9: Yeah. And he touched yeah. another guy's model S- seconds before turn. tripping over and yeah, <laughs> smashing the model <laughs> on the floor. On the floor.
10: <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That was a fun show, actually. Uh, yeah, I remember. Get a Nice yes. country.
9: Fun fact, guys. Both times I met Adam, uh, I had I had to pay for his beers because his credit card was always rejected. <laughs>
10: <laughs> oh, no, that sounds like me. And you know, well, <laughs> <laughs>
9: yeah. But to his credit, he always sent the money back through PayPal. <laughs>
10: <laughs> yeah, it's good to have friends like Martin pay for your beer for you. <laughs> I'm sure Mike would be the same way, right, Mike?
0: I, you know, I, I had, I. Yeah. All the times I've traveled in Europe before the credit cards with the international chip in them, uh, almost always had problems. Even if I called the banks and stuff and it just, it was, I just brought cash eventually just exchanged the cash. Yeah. It was always uh, the U S credit card things hard and they have the different, now it's much, much better but before. Like if you were going to a restaurant and say you're out and about, and then they have the little, the little holder that the waiter brings around to put your card in and you do it right there at the table. Like we didn't really have that here for a while. Yeah, it never would work. It's always embarrassing. Somebody always have to pay for me. I was <laughs> it's much better today,
9: but yeah, it used to be pretty rough over there.
10: No, it's pretty good. I, I liked it there, actually. It you Westerners, nice. you have Sparks. a very,
9: very, very uh, not so not true idea about Eastern Europe. <laughs> well, to Mike be and honest. I don't.
10: We've been there. Hey, I lived in Eastern Europe for a while, but I was at four years.
9: Oh yeah. You know, the, Adam was you know, in like a like a far Eastern Europe.
10: That's no, fine. Uh, like Russia was an acquired taste. Uh, but once I got used to it, I understood why uh, the Russians love it there so much.
9: And you know, when, when Mike, when you said that you always just exchange, uh, just pick up ca- local cash. So when you went, when you were in Hungary, you had to be a millionaire because Hungary foreign, it's like you pay, you pay 10 grand for one dinner in Hungary. In that I was, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So you had to be a millionaire. I was hanging out with Roman.
0: Yeah, I was hanging out with Roman Velchenkov. Uh, you know he's Russian, of course, and he couldn't even handle the Hungarians in the translate. Like we could, none of us could figure anything out uh, with with anything. Like we couldn't even order a beer. Like it was just there was there's no level of, of English interaction uh, in, in at that time. Like I remember the young girl uh, serving us beers and stuff, and like you couldn't like you literally had to like hold a beer up from somebody else to take you know one you know point to yourself, and like you couldn't even say can I get a beer. Like the word doesn't like it was a whole thing, and, and yeah, I I think well Mosin. I, I, you know, not to brag, I think most people bought me shit, so <laughs> don't to worry too much. Yeah. Guys are just like, here's, yeah, here you go. You know, they fed me and they, you know, all that good stuff. What,
10: so. I, what I remember the most about Moser were the with the restaurants after. They were getting together. It was such a grand time. It was a lot of fun.
0: Well, they had that big beer hall we were hanging out in for a while. I think we went to the that same place that
10: year, the year I was there before you, that year before you.
0: Yeah, Gergo does a good job. Yeah, he, he was, was the guy. guy
10: who brought us around, too. Yeah, it was, it was a good time.
9: Yeah, he's also Another a mountain competitive biker. Competitive mountain biker. Is yeah. he? Mm-hmm. He competes, competes, doesn't he? Yeah, but like he's he races, more of a cross-country guy, so cross-country uh, more area. like distance, elevation, not so much Gnar. Yeah. Probably safer thing to do. He he didn't break anything yet, as far as I know. <laughs> <laughs> Knock on I was going
1: to ask, have they scheduled 2022 for Mosin, or is it still
9: up in the air? I think they were trying something in Budapest this, this summer. Hmm, okay, but I don't know well, if it happened or if it's gonna happen or not. I, I, I'd I really like probably. that uh,
0: sports hall they used from the school that got built out for that. When, that was new when we were there. The it's brand new, new one, really right? nice Facility, yeah, yeah. It was a nice facility. The whole town comes out. The whole town comes through uh, to watch the show. You know, even the you know the families and the wives are just people. It's like an event in the town, and they just all come through and check it out. It is, yeah. and also
9: all the food food prices go up that weekend and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Tourism. But seriously, that's what happens.
10: No way. Hey, nice.
9: Yeah,
0: that was a good show. It was fun So I'm glad I went. I'm glad I got to experience it, you know, at least once.
10: Martin, do
1: you typically fly to that event or do you take a train down?
9: No, no, it's like an hour drive from Riley. Oh, my gosh, Riley.
1: okay. I'm uh, say yeah, mountain bikes. Close. Yeah.
9: Fully on, uh, completely. Most of the drive is on is on a highway, so that's pretty cool. And then it's just, uh, I don't know, twenty kilometers on a, on country roads or the you know the lower level roads. So it's pretty cool. And I usually, I only went there. I went there for the whole event several times in the good old days when we were going as a group of friends from around here. But nowadays, when nobody likes me anymore, it's more like I just go <laughs> alone. <laughs> I just go alone on Friday. I don't bring models or anything. I don't drink. I just go to meet a bunch of friends there alex for from solid scale, for example, and also uh oscar abri from uh from Spain. so we just have a you know a dinner a couple of beers, not zero alcohol of course for me and then I just go home around midnight so it's totally just a social event for me and then i don't don't go back you know. Saturday I go for a ride go break a few bones and stuff like that <laughs> ride right on a helicopter Was that your
1: first helicopter ride Martin?
9: Yeah and hopefully the last. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I was going to say what was it what was what was the what was the copter and did you get any good pictures of the, like the stuff did you like Because that's what I would have done. I would have been. I mean, I
9: mean, the doctor was super nice. That was one of the nicest doctors I ever met. He was super friendly, encouraging. He took a picture on of me when I was hanging in the net, like fifty meters above the ground, and he was constantly, you know, giving me the thumbs up, like everything is okay. You're doing great. We're gonna patch you up and everything, but let me tell you, I was scared shitless because I have fear of heights. <laughs> and wh- when I was hanging in that net, it wasn't like your US nets, like really sturdy nets. This was like a like a net from or from a, a, a pack of oranges. Somebody bought an Amazon you know? in China. Yeah, where? exactly. Like your your safety net from Wish. and (laughs) and, and, made for a great thumbnail on youtube you know i just i just accepted my fate my my fate like if i'm gonna fall from this there's nothing i can do about it you know so i just focused on the on the chop on the chopper above me i didn't look to the sides And then we suddenly landed. There was no, like, you know, I couldn't feel any thump or anything. It was super smooth. And then when they carried me into the chopper, it was really nice, like really comfy. I had a nice view. The sun was setting. I saw both castles that were along the way. We have lots of uh, castles here in Slovakia. So, yeah, it was awesome. But honestly, I just wasn't happy about it, obviously. I think that's understandable.
10: Well, Martin, they could have put a safety rope around your neck in case of the net ripped oh. or something.
9: <laughs> yeah, I think that would help.
0: <laughs> well, Scott, had, Scott had told me you got hurt, and it didn't sound. And he was like, "Oh yeah, he hurt his ankle or something." So you know, we'll see. And then, like, I had no idea. You know,
9: no, I, 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 com- I completely shattered both of my shin bones. Completely shattered, slightly moving to the side. Apparently, they couldn't find all the bones inside inside when serious? they were operating me. Exactly. Yeah. But completely. what did you
10: fall off a cliff or something? How did you do this?
9: That's the that was the stupidest thing because I crashed on really mellow stuff if you're, you know, a Enduro or a Downhill Rider. It's it was super mellow. Imagine just a set of stairs, but they're made out of rocks which are jagging, you know, jagged and pointing out at the glass ground. In them. And that was completely fine, but there was a huge rock at the end which you just need to avoid, and I somehow I got knocked off my line and I hit it I didn't go over over the bars which by the way could have been probably better outcome but I was just launched to the side on my bike and pretty much I still tried to stay to stay on the bike which probably was also a mistake and basically my my bike was pushed against my leg with all my body weight so I kind of and yeah, I shattered both bones. So I kind of i st- I still didn't get around to it, but I feel like I should give the bike and overall just specialized a five star review because their frames are really tough. Instead of snapping, they snap the rider. Oh! <laughs> and when and when and when they when they talk about the bike like it's confidence inspiring, this is it. It's so confidence inspiring that you become over overconfident and you get hurt.
10: My, was a bike
9: damaged? No, luckily nothing. Oh, well that's good. As long as the bike's over. not 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 a scratch, because <laughs> I have frame protection kit uh, s- uh, over it against scratches. took the, the brunt of that one. The bike yeah, didn't. yeah, nothing. Just 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 one cable was loosened, but I fixed that on cr- while on crashes. So bike is okay. So yeah, that was pretty interesting. But you know, at least it wasn't an arm or something. So I can still... How long is the heal time for you? Six months or so? Four months? Jesus Christ, don't, long- don't scare me like that. <laughs> no, they, they, they said they said six weeks <laughs> and I should be able to stand on my own. Today, tonight, it's actually a month since the crash. I crashed okay. four I'll weeks ago okay. um, uh, on Saturday about 5 p.m. Yeah, so now it's four weeks and in six weeks, I'm scheduled for an x-ray checkup. And logic tells me that the usual bone healing time is six weeks. They usually take off your cast cast after six weeks. So I'm hoping for that. But if not, well, you know, one or two more weeks didn't kill anyone yet. Yeah. And then, obviously, okay. physical rehab good. and everything. So I think... If By everything, the end of summer, you'll be walking. Yeah. And if everything goes well, September, October, I should be able to at least write some very mellow stuff. You know, take it easy and safe and everything. So...
7: Yeah, I can I can echo your feelings about it. at least it wasn't your hands or your arms as I, I also mountain bike. And then with my job too, hand injuries are common because we build shit. And that's the one thing I'm always afraid. Well, because my dad lost a finger at work. So I'm like, Ugh, like that could be me. Then then what am I going to do?
9: Yep, exactly. So I thought TJ fell asleep for a second. Yeah. <laughs> no. I'm here. I mean I mean the the biggest lesson from this and we can probably apply this to anything. So if you're just a hobbyist, it's better to keep the hobby as a hobby because if you try to push <laughs> yourself too hard or impress your friends or whatever or you know do anything stupid, you can pay a really nasty price for it. So if you're a hobby mountain biker, there's no shame in being slow or avoiding <laughs> certain features. There's nothing wrong with that. Words of wisdom's out there, everybody. Pro (laughs) tip.
3: (laughs) Can I get an amen? Amen. 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 (laughs) Well, guys, this has been a lot of fun. As we kind of start to wrap
9: up, is there anything else you guys wanted to talk about? Well, as I see the two hour and 30 minute mark, whoever is going to edit this.
6: Yeah, have
10: fun, Scott. Yeah. (laughs) big bucks. You know, you guys the um, you guys do a pretty good job editing, by the way. That's all, That's, Scott. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's I mean, not bad. I enjoy listening to these over and yeah, over can, again.
0: One year anniversary, all sorts of stuff. It yeah. goes by fast, doesn't it? It does. It really does. It really does.
3: We kind of got the idea, and then we we talked about as a group what we wanted to do. We wanted to be a little different, kind of provide, like Mike said earlier, a you know, a replacement for the the conversations you'd have with your buddies at the hobby store, and we wanted to be a positive uh, method of social interaction for the hobby, and so we we focus on that, try to be positive and interesting, and it's been it's been great. We owe all three of you guys a a, a lot of thanks for being willing to come and talk to us on the podcast. We've really enjoyed it.
10: Thanks for having us again. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's always a lot of fun.
3: No, I like talking to you guys. Pleasures that uh, definitely ours. And uh, stating the obvious, you guys always have an open invitation.
0: <laughs> appreciate it. Thank, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you.
7: Yeah, you guys are
0: great. We, we do a lot of good stuff. I appreciate it.
7: I'd, I'd also just personally like to echo what Scott said and thank all three of you. It really, like, not to get too mushy, but it's, like, kind of made <laughs> made my year. Getting a chance to talk to three people that I admire and
9: In so many levels, and it's it's awesome. So thank you, thank you so much, thank you very much. I mean, you guys, you are doing an amazing job with the podcast. Mm -hmm. Like like Mm -hmm. I like like I told Scott when when Adam was there, I don't know what you gave him, but (laughs) 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 or what you did did to him. (laughs) Well, he emailed me that
10: like a couple. A couple, couple weeks later, Adam. I, I listen like Adam, to you were on fire, man. <laughs> yeah, you. Gee, I haven't seen you that happy in a long time. Like, yeah, <laughs> like ever.
3: <laughs> I know. Again, just appreciate all you guys so much and and what you've done. All of you have been really, really generous. You didn't have to do. You didn't have to do this. I mean, Martin. Uh, I know when we started talking to you about coming on the show at first, you were really nervous about your English, and I was just like, Yeah, <laughs> your English is awesome, man.
6: <laughs>
9: You make videos in English. It's what are you talking about, yeah. <laughs> dude? Like, like, I' gonna be gonna gonna be honest. I listened to that podcast, to that episode, like three times probably just for nostalgia's sake, and I, I, it was so much cringe. There, like, no, oh, I did the my same my thing. No, I did. No. I did the same
10: thing. I'm like, man, I I sound like a redneck. <laughs>
6: <laughs> I was thinking.
3: Well, Martin, if that's the way you feel about it, there's only th- one thing we can do. You're gonna have to come back on, and we'll do it again. Keep working on <laughs> yeah, it, like, yeah, round two, and, and for for real this time. And, and then, Mike, you've always been oh my gosh, you've always been so generous with me, and you know, I I know you have so many people that want your time and just appreciate your oh, your friendship and yeah. everything else. So. Thank you so much, you guys. I hope this was as much fun for you as it was for us, John. Yeah,
1: it was great. Thanks so much. You know, I, if anything, I really hope we can get together in person sometime. I've had the opportunity yeah, for to meet Mike sure. and, you know, Adam and, you know, BS around a modeling table and look at each other's work. And it's really inspiring, just like this conversation. And Martin, I hope to make it over to Europe sometime once the show start and maybe we can, you know, the first round's on me at most and I'd, I'd love to buy you beer and catch on. Well,
9: our card is probably going to be rejected, so <laughs> first rounds on me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I think I also want to say I appreciate, and I probably speak for a lot of people in a sense that you guys are very open to to people asking you questions. And, I, and I've certainly ran into some people that don't answer questions, but I've always felt welcome answering really? or asking anything. Oh, yeah, I mean, you, you just you know, you guys have been always open to any question that I've ever asked, and. Uh, I really appreciate it.
0: So thanks for this. And I hope we can do it again. Thank
3: you. Yeah, Yeah, that'd be awesome. The fact that you are approachable, that you are willing to share and help people really makes a difference. Social media, it's easy to point out the flaws and how negative it is. But the age that we live in where modelers can collaborate and people can have conversations like that, you guys taking the opportunity to do that in a positive way and to contribute to the community makes a difference for everybody from just a a beginner to more advanced modelers to friends of yours. So I want to acknowledge with each one of you guys, your
9: contributions and that they're much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. Your efforts are also very much appreciated, like, because you can really Create this very friendly atmosphere in your podcasts, and it really feels like, uh, like you know, sitting in a pub and just chatting, you know, or just listening to a bunch of guys having a good time. So, same thing right now. You know? I'm so pumped right now that I'm probably not be, even gonna be able to fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. That's yeah, probably right. Is, what's it like 10, 10 p.m.? There, it's like Martin? Uh, 11 p.m. Yeah, it's almost 11. Yeah, that's pretty okay. No, it's not. That's nothing. No,
10: you're a half hour behind my. I just get
9: warmed up around 10, 11 p.m. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Uncle Night Chief did everything.
1: That's
10: right. <laughs> yeah, I'm a morning day. guy, man. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Thanks, you guys. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully, it won't be too long and we
0: can uh, do this again. I appreciate yeah, we'll it. Do it soon. Exactly. Yeah. That'll be awesome. Great talking to you, Martin, finally. All that good stuff. Exactly. Yeah, you know, good hearing you again, Adam. Yeah, you too, Mike. It's been a while. Okay, John, TJ, thank you. Yeah. Thank oh, you, guys. No, thank you. Thanks thank you for putting a lot. this yeah, together yeah, this and putting time yeah, in. Yeah, thank you.
3: Man, that was so great, guys. That was, I mean, talk about an absolute blast, you know, talking to those guys. You know, like with a lot of roundtables, it took kind of a minute to get going. But, you know, once we got going, it's pretty clear that those guys have so much respect for each other and admiration for each other. And they've all been literally just they've all influenced each other, you know, so what a blast. Just a reminder that you can leave us feedback about this or any other episode of our show over on our Plastic Posse Facebook page. Or you can email us at plasticpossepodcast at gmail.com. We want to thank our Posse supporters once more, and also give another shout out to our two awesome sponsors, Tankcraft and Sean's Custom Model Tools. Remember, there is no wrong way to enjoy your hobby, and hopefully we'll see a lot of you in Las Vegas.
4: We had some conversations before about um, how long these podcasts have gotten, and our friend Glenn, I believe his last, Glenn Fellon... From Ireland. Glenn asked when we were going to do a four hour episode. Well, here you go, Glenn.
3: (laughs) This one's going to be pretty close.
4: (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be close. And uh, uh, I promise we're going to back off a little bit, I think, in the future, but this has been fun. Thank you so much for joining us on our one year anniversary episode. We're super excited. We're going to meet some of you at IPMS Nationals in Las Vegas, Nevada, the day this drops. So, to all you in the posse, and to each of you, thanks for an amazing year. We'll be back in two weeks with our regular segments and more awesome content about scale modeling, the hobby that we all love so much. Until then, yeah.
3: Doug's kind of our that, benchmark yeah. That was a guy. damn good yeehaw.
4: It's a one year anniversary, I kinda
3: had to, right?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Fo show.
0: Scott, you do a great job, bud. Oh, thank you. Thank you.
10: Yeah, and you're great with presenting I remember this first little, hey,
0: Mike, I'm going to do a podcast. Can you help me out? You know, I'm like, what? No, dude, I don't want to talk. Come on. Give me all this shit. You know, what are we doing? And here we are a year later, and, you know, look at what's going on. So. Yeah, this has been good. This has been, this is, you know, I was going to say, you know, the part of my streaming or, you know, one of the reasons I was doing what I was doing now is getting comfortable conversationally, getting comfortable on camera, getting comfortable, you know, one-to-one with a lot of stuff, you know, doing the interviews have been, a. the interviews for me have been a big bridge for me to understand that I can do what I'm trying to do right now a lot easier. So it's been, you know, it's just as good for me to, you know, all this is just great experience, practice, 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 (laughs) right? Because it's easy to write the books and just kind of do my thing in a little cubbyhole and, you know, everybody leave me alone.
10: Oh, I got you. I know yeah. how you feel. Yeah.
3: yeah.
0: yeah, That's kind of the
3: gist of modelers. We're all a little bit solitary by nature, yeah. I think. Well, you know, so, It's
10: when you guys first emailed me about the podcast, too. My attitude is the same thing. It's like, oh, man, I, I don't know. But no. Well, this
0: is my third or fourth one, so I'm like, oh, let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Come on, let's
6: do it.
3: Yeah. Martin I I don't I didn't want to interrupt Mike and Mike and Adam before, but one thing I wanted to acknowledge um, since you've been on with us is I love the element of your videos where um, it's not just how you're modeling and the, the creation and the art of it, but how' you're, how you're looking at different ways of doing things and becoming more efficient as you do right. it. you know ch- uh, replacing a technique that took you six hours with one that only takes you like an hour. That's been really fascinating to follow along with and, and really, really cool.
9: Well, it's kind of, that's the only way to go un, unless you want to have zero social life and everything, you know, and, and invest everything into, <laughs> oh, yeah. just into modeling. You, know, you have to become more efficient because honestly, mod, arm, armor modeling is one of the most inefficient, untime, mm-hmm. unfriendly things out there. Yeah. If you want to do it properly, you know. Yep, yep. Efficiency equals speed.
10: Yep. I agree.
7: I've arrived. Whoa, sorry. Uh, TJ, come on, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> so we had uh, friends from France um, visiting. So we were seeing them and we did not get this. Home as fast as I thought we were going to. And you managed to finish
9: two more models in the meantime. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> Martin. I love his
10: backdrop. He looks like he's sitting in the cockpit of something.
9: Or, I, like a got know, a cl- or
10: I got a closet you. door and some stuff hanging on the wall. That's a great that?
9: shirt,
7: DJ. I love it. Oh, thank you.
10: You know, it's funny. I, I, yeah, now that you say that, I've thought about it, especially with them tarps and stuff.
6: Yeah. yeah.
9: That's interesting. Like, you bring that's that one out. trick that I learned from Mike. When you have a tarp that's sort of folded, from so we can see both sides, so you paint each side with a slightly different shade. And it, honestly, it, that's all it needs. And then he just puts pigments on it. He speckles some grime uh, stains on it with oil paints, and it looks just amazing, you know. And back in the day, I was also doing it. I did it on a one forty eight scale KV one, and it looked just well, I don't want to blow, blow my own whistle, but, you know, it looked really good just yeah, yeah. because just oh. Mike, he and I think and the thing is, Mike never really described the technique in detail. You know, I just observed it from photos and it makes it makes it even more. I never more... thought
0: anybody cared.
9: I'm that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Before I, I answer
0: this question, let me just say to that, to Martin's observation there. The reason is, is because. I remember particularly a few times at Euro, I ran into like Jamo Ortiz and Taysan and all the heavy figure painter guys that were talking about, like where they're like the figure painting thing is its own world. What I realized was like when you try to follow those guys and put those on like a particular on my tanks, it doesn't work because it's literally two styles on the same thing. And it's the same thing with the stowage conversation where they paint stowage in that kind of manner of like you said, highlights and shadows and stuff. I don't paint any of my tanks that way. So when the stowage was going on in that process, I actually had to like stop and redo everything and kind of a David Parker it a little bit where his style is kind of that way where it's like, it's kind of the basics and you're kind of almost letting your, your, your lighting, your natural light give you those things. And I was like, oh, well, cause I would study this stuff. I'm like, look at my t-shirt. I'm like, I'm, all this things. And I'm like, okay, that's what, it, so that's where it all happened from. Cause I I'd like, I can't do a Gemma Ortiz stowage on my tank. It just doesn't. You know they don't go together for me it was i was fighting it i was really trying to study them and fight i couldn't do it that's how that happened
9: so here's a challenge try pulling it off on a figure and then you'll blow the world away again completely yeah,
0: yeah i do i now want to get some figures going and stuff i, I have to but with no shading challenge, challenge accepted.
9: basic colors and pigments
0: yeah yeah i've started to get some cool pigment tech stuff going too so that'll be fun